earners, what's going on? Look, everyone likes shopping online, but searching for coupon codes is kind of a bummer. So make saving online a breeze with Capital One Shopping. Capital One Shopping is a free tool that instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Just download Capital One Shopping to your computer and let it do the work for you. So easy. And you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. Capital One Shopping, it's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. What's going on, y'all? Now let's put it all in perspective. What's up? Happy Monday. What we doing? <sighs> please turn my volume up, please. It's July 11. It's a beautiful day in New York. It's been a, a beautiful past two days in New York. Shout out to the this, city. This is it right here? Yeah, you good. Yeah, I don't think you go up any higher. Yeah, you can. I need to be on the highest level. There's, no, there's no higher than that. I just turned it. it was that was mine. You turned mine. I turned the other one too. Yeah. We here. We live. Check. Check. What's up? What's up, y'all? They here. They piling in. They said, look, big announcement. We're going to let the desk out a little bit. Though. The time has come. <laughs> but yeah, you know, shout out to everybody out there. Um, shout out to Ian Dunlap, the master investor. It's uh, it's going to be a big one today. There you oh. go. Hey, yo. So <clears throat> let's get this show on the road. Um. We got a dope, dope guest today. An amazing one. So we had a thousand early, a thousand in a minute. Oh, they they here. They wasn't. The they not playing. They not playing. <laughs> thousand in a minute. It's yeah, gonna be one man. of the ones. And you see what the boy came in today. Different type of time. Different yes. type of time today, my brother. What's the, going on? Brought the suit back. Hey man, they told me to bring the Superman suit back. So I brought. Whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa! What, what, what cup is that, man? Smoothie King. Uh-oh. Oh, Where? Yeah. But this oh, is Zen juice. This is Zen okay. juice. Okay, 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 okay. Just yeah. checking. Yeah, Zen Day all year. Standing up. Standing up, yeah. huh? Standing nice remotely. With that's how it shows me. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Going forward. Standing remotely. Standing remotely. Just that's, so you know. Yeah. That, is, that is a fact. Y'all looking sharp. Exfoliating. Hey. <laughs> Glowing. <laughs> God, that's good. Lee's just been hard. <laughs> good. All God is good all, all the time. All the time. All, all the, the time. time. How, how you been, brother? How's everything? How's the summer I'm going good. for you? I'm good. You know, I'm playing daddy daycare. So Xander getting his uh, Fortnite. We just got done playing ball. So it's been great. It's been great. How y'all feeling? Good, man. Feeling good, man. Shout out to all the dads that's uh, playing daddy daycare out there. I did that for a few summers um, where I had them for the whole entire summer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. That's tough. Man. It's costly. Every day, <laughs> all day. <laughs> Camp, pick them up from camp, drop them off at camp. Weekends, yeah. it's a lot, Fight, man. Make them go to bed if they fighting it, you know. Yeah. What can That's we do? A fact. What we do it for? Yeah. That is, man. Shout, shout out to my family, man. They said they was happy to see me home for a weekend for once in a while. Uh, they enjoyed having me around. So it's beautiful to be around because uh, we always yeah. on the go. But it's always good to sit down for a little bit. And happy birthday to my nephew, man. He turned nine yesterday. Happy birthday to Xavier. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. So we're going to get this show on the road. Before we start... I didn't, I didn't get a chance to do this last week, um, but I got I to gotta take a moment of silence. Rest in peace to Daryl Freeman, who EYL alumni, he's actually the first EYL alumni that we've had that has passed away. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a real family fraternity with Ernie Alicia, everybody that we've interviewed for the most part. You know, we keep good relationships and they're always around and they refer us to other people. And, you know, it, it's, it, it becomes a, a real family. So, you know, it's a it's a a sad moment for sure, mm -hmm. but it's important to remember that 
you know, you got to live your life to the fullest. Um, you know, he was able to accomplish a lot in his life. Um, if you, if you watched his episode, sold his business for like $22 million, he started it with a thousand dollars. And then 20 years later, he sold it for 22 million, but mm-hmm. outside of the money, um, you know, a family man, uh, a husband, uh, community, you know, pillar in the community, yeah. um, helped Slim and Huskies. Another yeah, EYL alumni. I met, uh, extreme, extreme, uh, vigilant mentor, uh, to the Slim and Huskies. So shout out to them. I know that wow. that was their business partner on Slim and Huskies. So Cliff and Mo, uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers are with you and it, with the Freeman family. I mean, that's a, a gentleman who just would offer advice. And even in fatherhood, I remember when we were talking about generational wealth and he pulled us to the side and showed us the amount of stock that he had uh, invested for his children from 10 years ago. And it was like, okay, this is the inspiration. Like somebody has done this before. This is what we need to follow. So it's a tremendous loss to the world. So rest in peace yeah, to God him rest and, uh, to the family. Yeah, for sure. So rest in peace. And we send our condolences and our love to his family, for sure. Um, so definitely wanted to send my condolences. Didn't get a chance to do that last week, but rest in peace. Gone but not forgotten, for sure. Um, <clears throat> Earn your leisure. Big, big week for us. Shout out to the UK. Everybody in London. We love you guys so much. I was actually just watching the recap video of when we went to London. Mm. Brings back so many memories. Big vibe, man. yo. Yeah. Lobby boy. Shout out Mano Jim, but we may give y'all a run <laughs> for the lobby boys. Yeah. Boy. I, I, I think watching all the highlights from the Wireless Festival made a, it made me just have a flashback of how amazing London is. And then I saw, um, I seen Chris Brown was in, in tape and then they had Nicki Minaj in there last night. And I was like, ah, you know, we set a tone in that place. We, we set the tone. You never know. And we got confirmation. We never. got confirmation. I asked him, I said it. I know you had a lot of celebrities there this week, past two weeks. Has anybody broke our record of attendance? And they were like, not even close. I don't even think it's possible. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I, I say that to say, this week we going back to London with our episode, Rio Ferdinand. Mm, legend. Um, we shot that while we was in London. If you don't know who Rio is, he's one of the, the best football players of all time. Football, soccer. Mm-hmm. Played for Man City. Well, no, man, no, United, United, man, United, United, Manchester wow. United. Don't let him say that. Don't let him say that. He played, Boy, yeah, he they go crazy. Manchester <laughs> United won the Premier League. Yeah, was the captain of the um the UK team when David Beckham was on the team. Yeah, he's captain of the national team. Um, yep. Made a, made a boatload of money, and now he's was all asleep this episode. How oh, I miss this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is you, one of those. I yeah, think, I think you might have left. No, no, nah, nah. the last day. He, we told him, that was the one I was like, yo, we getting up at 10 and we leaving. No, it was oh, eight. Not, yeah, yeah, now it's about six. Yeah, yeah. And then he texted us at like five in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flake we were yeah. out the whole night, slept for like two hours. That was the day after my birthday. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's an entrepreneur. He's a sports commentator and he's a legend um, in the UK and all across, you know, Europe. Uh, so that's a really big episode for us. International vibes. Mm-hmm. Shout out yeah. to the UK that comes out tomorrow at eight o'clock. Eastern Standard Time, which I believe is like 12 o'clock or one o'clock, one o'clock in, in, yeah, in the uh, UK. So um, shout out to the UK, Massive. That's going to be big one. Um, and uh, yeah, you want to read the disclaimer? Uh, of course, of course. But before we do that, I want to let all our earners, all our Red Panda family know if uh, about a great choice if you're looking to bank or invest. Ally is a leading digital financial service company with passionate customer service and is relentlessly focused on doing it right. For both customers and communities, Allies giving our Market Monday viewers, that means you, everybody that can hear my voice right now, a special offer on ally.com slash EYL so that you can save, invest, and spend on all the things that matter most to you. 
Again, that's ally.com slash EYL for everything we need. We're all better off with an ally. Security products and services are offered through Ally Invest Securities, LLC, member F-I-N-R-A slash S-I-P-C. Shout out to the good folks over at Ally. We got a, a special event coming up with them. Shout out to Ally. The next good, couple of weeks. Shout good, out to them. That's amazing. People. That's a fact. Shout out to our UM family as well. Can that's I get an Ally blazer cool. real quick? <laughs> at least. That's the least. At, least. at least they can do that. Yeah. At least. Yo, y'all know how this works, man. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making an investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon, rely whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. Please, folks, do your research. Share your research if it's good. And make sure you double check whoever's giving you the, the knowledge because that's important. Very important. Very um, important. Ian, uh, any any announcements? The doors of the church are open. I hear all the jokes. They're going crazy in the comments. These comments on are the two on the two. Yeah, y'all find y'all funny as hell. Um, Virgil, I appreciate you. <laughs> but also, listen, when you premiere pod and you got to get ready for that stage, invest us. Please be there. Go out ten thousand oh. people. Oh, different. Oh. Whoa, whoa. So, I'm just letting y'all know. And if y'all thought last year was amazing, if last year's performance of the Holy Trinity was amazing, let me get a hell yeah in chat. One of the best performances of all time. Trap, thank you for coaching me through that. After you're done watching that amazing episode tomorrow, um, Stock Club Call will be at 9.30 on Tuesday. So check out their episode tomorrow. Then tune in to Stock Club last week was like three hours and 40 minutes. This one will be great. Let's have an amazing show. (sighs) Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> I got smooth, but it's Zen juice. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and I gentlemen. I won't be first, rattled no more. First and foremost. Everybody gather around. First and foremost. <laughs> sorry, sorry that we, we made you wait long. But good mm. thing, you, a key, a major key in life is patience. Mm. And you must practice patience. Indeed. Um, when we say, you know, the biggest. Uh, you left ever out. It's for a reason. Don't forget the ever. I would hate to not be on our side on this situation. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a, life is about relationships. It's true. Some things money can't buy. And mm-hmm. that's that's true. very true. Um, and some some things you can't do yourself. You need help. Mm-hmm. You need teamwork. So, uh, yes. So um, first and foremost, I have to thank Tabidi, who is the most important person in this whole situation, because He's really the plug. And then I have to thank Steve Harvey, Mm -hmm. um, a gentleman and a scholar for making this happen. Yes. (sighs) InvestFest 2022. Just two other people we got to thank. Okay. I got to thank Chantel and I got to thank Jennifer. And I'll tell you who they are after you you say who. (laughs) This part. (laughs) Because they facilitated this as well. InvestFest 2022. Ian Dunlap will be in the building, first and foremost. That's a God, fact. Let's, let's, let's get that right. That's a Wall fact. Street Trap will be in the building. Legend. 19, keys, 19 keys will be in the building. Legend. MG, MG the mortgage guy, will be in the building. Legend. Legend. My brother. The circle of CEOs, all of them, will be in the <laughs> building. Hello, legends. <laughs> uh, Eric Thomas will Boy. be in the building. No need to say more. <laughs> uh, Kenny Burns will be in the building. The curator. Hello, legend. Uh, of culture. <laughs> Terrence J will be in the building. Certified. <laughs> Legend. On many levels. <laughs> Fact. Dan, Dan Cathy, uh, former CEO of Chick-fil-A, worth $7 billion, 
with a B. We call that the Billionaire Boys Club. He he will be in the building. In a major way. In a major way. Um, Charlemagne the God. Cool. Greatest all time. That's the fam. Legend. The building. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. That's a fact. Did I say empty the mortgage guy? You said that. Absolutely. Credit dude. Credit dude will be in the building. Budget will be in the building. Oh, now you're running. (sighs) The list goes on. (laughs) VIP night. Musical performance. Go. T-Pain will be in the building. That is true. My God, let's go. We we have another musical performance that we can't announce yet. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) It's called Any Day Now. (laughs) City of Atlanta. When you do things in the city of Atlanta, it's, it's important to, you know, do it the right way. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Yeah. And when you think of Atlanta, um, there's only one TI will be in the building. Don't forget the shout to the king king himself. Shout out to TI. Almost almost <sighs> to my knowledge, <laughs> there's only one person that has ever done it as big as this person. Nobody has ever done it as big as this person. This is a fact. Hit the billionaire boys club. Big boy club. Did it independent, off the muscle, 100% (laughs) ownership. That's a fact. Hollywood, extremely mad. Greatest of all time. I can still hear him crying. 330 acres. And counting. Landing strip in his house. (laughs) And an exit off the highway. His own exit. There's only one Tyler Perry. You've never heard him speak ever at any public (laughs) event. You've never heard him talk about his business empire ever. (sighs) Tyler Perry will be in the building. Moment of silence. EYL, conversation, live conversation. Yeah. With Tyler Perry, yeah, will happen. Yes, at Invest Fest. Yes, no one asks me any questions on this segment. I'm going <laughs> to be front row. No, I don't have any tickets. No tickets. I have no tickets. I'm cutting my phone off. No tickets, please. If you don't have a ticket, I have no tickets. I don't know what to tell you. We told you. 
the man do craft services and the housing and own the content and the plays, the greatest excluded nobody. Hands down. That's Tyler Perry. Like that's no, 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 no. The word the boy had a housing for the actors on the movies and the sets. What? He got his own supply chain for Hollywood. He got his own supply chain. That studio was different, um, and the meaning behind it is so much. I mean, that's Tyler. That's Tyler Perry. Never, never been done. I've never seen it. Nah. Nope. Never seen it. Nope. Never seen it. That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen at InvestFest, y'all. Um, Shout out to him, 500 in the building. Let me let me let me explain how this happened because it's all about relationships. This is a tell the story. Um, we saw we saw Steve Harvey the day before, and he was going to TD Jakes's birthday party in Dallas. Shout out to TD Jakes, and he was saying that um he was like this is my strategy. He was like you know Tyler, you just can't. I gotta I gotta be careful how I, how I word it. He's like Tyler's not a regular person. He's like I'm a, I'm gonna say it on the plane. Stunt within a stunt. Like we, we taking a plane, right? I'm gonna tell him on the plane. I said, all right, bro. We saw him the next day. He said, I got him. He said, This is how it happened, though. He said, I, I waited to the plane ride back. <laughs> he said, I ain't, I ain't say nothing about it on the plane there. I ain't say nothing about it at the party. He said, On the plane back, he said, First of all, his plane is the size of a jet blue plane. That's nah, different. He was like, Yo, I gotta step my game up. He was like, His plane is just <laughs> every, every time he speaks to him, it is like, I gotta step my game up after he sees what he's done. He said, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to him, I'm like, Look, man. There's these, these dudes, man, they real powerful for the culture. And, you know, I did an interview with them. The name is Earn Your Leisure. He, he said, I've I seen the interview. Legendary. It's amazing. Legendary. He said, what? He said, I watched the whole entire thing. He said, what? That was a moment. Like, no, that was a moment. I can't front. I was like, he said, yo, I watched, wow. he said, I watched the whole entire thing. He said, the thing I like about them is that they actually ask real questions that nobody else is asking. He said, no, it's amazing. He said, InvestFest, need you there. He said, I don't really speak publicly. It's not really my thing. Need you there, bro. He said, he said the community needs to hear from you. Absolutely. They need it. Like, they need the information. It's like, it's like supplies. It's like food. They like, it. they need the information. They need to hear from you. Nobody has ever done what you've been able to accomplish. They need it. Yeah. He said, I'll be there. He said, how's your, how's your schedule? He said, it don't matter. Don't matter, bro. I'll be there. Send me the letter. You, you can't just book somebody. You got to send them a letter. Send them a letter. Which, which, which is why Chantel and Jennifer is so important. So shout out to mm-hmm. them. Um, because even the conversation I had with them, it was just like, whatever you guys need. Matter of fact, why don't you guys come down and take a tour so y'all can really see what's going on down here? Okay. <laughs> anytime <laughs> you need. Anytime <laughs> you need me. I mean, just incredible. But did I say that that's Tyler Perry? Boy. Go Google that man's net worth. And for those of you who don't know, he's the only person that I personally know in Hollywood from top to bottom owns every. When we talk about ownership and masters, even if you don't like the content, that matters not. All those episodes, his talent, mm. his housing, mm. his craft services, his sync and licensing, his boy. And don't forget the BT Plus. I mean, he's just creating jobs for our community from acting to producing, writing, screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just enormous. What he's doing is incredible. Ladies and gentlemen. If, are they keeping count? That's two billion, two billionaires <laughs> on a stage. It's not. It's and not, we're not done. Not done. And we're not it's done. Cold, it's cold. We're not done. Hey. I don't even want to say well, the other We might as well call Mike Novogratz real quick. <laughs> and we're not done. That's two. 
I was always I was always taught keep piling on. When you're up by 30, try to get up by 40. Well, no, yeah, it looks yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. Win, no four win by 50. Yeah. Win by no 50. Corners. That's why I was always taught win by 50. This is going to be a night to remember, a weekend to remember. This is true. This is um, true. before before we before we go, because we do have to start programming. Um, we decided what we've decided to do is um, you know, me, Troy, and Mike, me, Troy, and Matt live in New York. So we're gonna have to fly to Atlanta. Um, so we said, what now? Tyler Perry will be in the building. Steve Harvey will be in the building. This is true. Rick Ross, I forgot my brother, Rick Ross. Oh, Rick yeah. Ross will be in the building. <laughs> Shout out to Rose. Yes. T.I. will be in the building. The master investor Ian Dunlap will be in the building. Circle oh, of CEOs good. will be in the building. Wall Street Trapper will be in the building. Yes. 19 Keys will be in the building. So we said, okay, what, what would it be worth? Just, I just got to have fun with it at a certain point. What would it be worth to fly a private plane from New York to Atlanta mm -hmm. and shadow us? Be the third, be the third person of EYL. Mm -hmm. You'll be in the rooms. You'll be at the dinner. Mm. You'll be at the nightclubs. Mm. You tell them they're gonna be on the plane. Well, definitely you'll be on the plane. <laughs> you'll, you'll be in the conversations. Being the masterminds, the value in that is. What, how, what would you? What, what's the price on that, Ian? More than a five hundred dollar date. <laughs> for sure for sure well played well played well played well played well Hope the previous episode what we're gonna do is here's what we're gonna do we got it we got a, a number a text number 516-217 yes 2291 text that number what you offer let's we'll see highest bidder wins we'll see what the market value is yes Huh? Red Panda. Oh, well, can I do this? Red Panda family. Whoever has the highest returns from trading and investing. Can I pay for that ticket be on that private jet? <laughs> Different. <laughs> Different. <laughs> this, this is my freestyle. <laughs> relentless. <laughs> the relentless pursuit. <laughs> <sighs> I love yeah. it. Re results leads to freedom. No talking. Result no talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <sighs> man okay okay that is good all right wait we we we're not done that's just today's announcement oh we got we there's got, more to come oh there's more to come yeah yeah believe me yeah um okay 516-217-2291 text your offer okay so let's get this programming started um before we bring on our, our illustrious esteemed guest there is some some big stuff that has happened Elon Musk. Let's talk about mm, this. So wow. the talk of the town for the last month and a half was that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter. It was pretty much a done deal. They accepted his offer. Um, you know, all the, all, the, all the news outlets covered it. It was, you know, it was pretty much done deal. Change his mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Change his mind. I said too much, too many bots. That's what he's saying. Too yeah. many bots. He said that they told him originally it was 5%, but you know, that number is not even close. Too many bots and you can't authenticate the users and backing out the deal. So some yeah. people are saying that, you know, he's going to get sued because he already agreed to this and da, 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 da. Um, what's, what's Ian, what's your take on this situation? <clears throat> Somebody in, in the earnest, shout out to the earnest, shout out to Red Panda family said, I call this. Um, if you have a disclosure or an addendum to the contract and saying, hey, if it's 20% or 30% bots, I don't have to buy it. 
That's an easy out. Yes, he may have to pay a breakup fee. What's a billion dollars to a person? Everyone put in chat, what, what's Elon's net worth? He's not going to pay that billion. The truth is Twitter is no good to everyone who works there. I don't want to ruin any relationships. I love you. But Twitter isn't worth what he offered for it. I told you guys last year, 50 Cent, Kanye, and Elon are the same person. This was a master class in using another company to generate press for yourself to then take that attention and funnel it into your company, which is Tesla. And would you rather have Tesla as a company or Twitter? Tesla. So why not use them as a springboard? So like, remember like when Joe went on Love and Hip Hop and then the podcast got bigger? This was the same thing. Let me use this avenue as a springboard and notice ever since the deal was about to fall through, Elon quit tweeting on the platform. He really took a page out of 50 in Trump's book. Um, I feel bad for Twitter. The end of some social media company, uh, companies are coming. Twitter doesn't have the value that they once did. It's a done deal. The stock will go down even lower as a result because no one else wants to yeah. buy it. Game set. That, that, that was going to be my other point, right? Because we had, I mean, we spoke about this and we were talking about the value of it, how it went up to $54 after he mentioned that he was interested in it. And then obviously then the deal closed and, but he paid, he overpaid for it, right? And so that you know, I can understand this the part of the 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 crowd that says that he's having buyer's remorse because obviously I overpaid the stock market since I purchased it has gone down even further. The value of the company's gone down even further. Mm-hmm. But from an investment standpoint, from like the retail investor, if we know that it dropped twelve percent today, I mean, we could almost look at it to say, all right, well, this is a point where we know that this may drop even further. Maybe we get puts here. What yeah. what are your thoughts on that? You got to wait for it to bounce up a little bit more. But if you guys were listening originally to the episodes, you should have been against it anyway. Um, If you look at like take, okay, you guys have heard my take on Facebook. Facebook is a superior company to Twitter by 7,000 miles. Mm -hmm. They're out of the race. TikTok, superior. Why would you want the third or fourth best player in the space? A lot of investing comes down to, will you put your money into the best companies, best cryptos, best assets and wait? There's no value here. And if one person can move the market, that's not a good asset. Like if I say, yo, um, ADP is no longer a good company and it falls 25%, the fundamentals of the company were not great. Yeah. It sucks. So Game, set, match. Where, where it's headed next, apparently, is the Delaware Court, court of uh, chan- Chancery. Uh, that is where litigation goes when corporate deals go sideways. And so that's where it looks like it is headed. So, so do you Listen, think that he has a, a chance of losing in court? Elon has 14 kids. You think he'd give a damn about going <laughs> sitting in court again versus oh, Twitter? This dude had twins. He, he says he's helping with uh, depopulation of the world. <laughs> they uh, wouldn't say that when Nick Cannon was doing it, though. Exactly. Yeah. Shout out to Nick. He, he's uh, expecting again. Talk about it. No, nah, he is expecting again. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. He told us He told us that was it, but. Shout out to Nick. Yeah, I mean, no, it would. It didn't even. It was like an article, like in a sub article. I was like, wait, he just had another kid out of nowhere. <sighs> Listen, man. Elon. Well, you got billions. Get a little motion to imagine how we feel, boy. Billion. <laughs> you run one of the top companies, boy. <laughs> had I run food, I probably had sixty kids. So, at least Tesla, boy. La Village, Red Panda <laughs> Village. This, these are just jokes, <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> but things happen but they they didn't say that about nick cannon they said he was being uh 
irresponsible, you know. Right, 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 right. So he about to have twins when he about to have another kid too. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, three kids in well, ten, ten, ten well, days. Well, no. Oh man, I'm I have about, some friends that have three kids back to back. They didn't Elon, have Elon, his money. Elon, well enough. Elon. So, um, how would this affect the other social media apps? You think this will have any effect on the break, the broader range of social media? I general? think it will only drive them up. Because if you look, if you do a SWOT analysis and say, what are the strengths of Twitter? I like Twitter a lot. I probably do more engagement there than anywhere else. But it's a toxic environment. And then, like, if an advertiser can't figure out on a platform that big how to monetize, what is the value there? You're not going to charge the users. Nobody's going to pay three bucks a month or 10 bucks a month to get a premium version of Twitter. Spaces, dead idea. They need new management. Um, it sucks, man. Uh, but I think it would drive the value of Facebook and TikTok up as a result. Because if you're looking in that social media space, they're the only ones that are remaining that are any good. Yeah. Did did uh didn't Snap just put their premium uh, subscription out for three ninety nine? Snapchat? Yeah, I believe so. One, i have been interested to see how that goes over the first month. It's not gonna uh, go. It's not gonna go well. Yeah, I, no. I'm not even on there. The, the, the only player, sure. and I, I know it's gonna seem like a joke when I say it, but the only social media player that can charge a premium and do well on the stock market if they go public is OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. They already they already have the model built in. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll monitor the situation. Let's go to it. Oh, shout out to Chase, official InvestFest sponsor, yeah. and uh, Nicole. Nicole Harmon. Shout out to Nicole. Yes. The plug. Shout out to Chase. Well, shout out to Chase. Yeah, the good, sure. the good folks at Chase. Um, let's do this. A housing market crash is coming. Is Austin in 2022 the twenty twenty? The 2008 version of Las Vegas. Listen, kudos to Dom and uh, P who sent me this data last night. If you look mm. at where the housing market is in Austin, Texas, and a comparison of where Las Vegas was in 2008, a housing crash is coming. Um, applications are slowing down. Interest rates are going high. Pierre told me last night, even on investment properties, the information and the amount of capital that you have to put down is now being changed. For any investor that lived in 2008, they will tell you when the guidelines began to change, that was because the market was getting ready to topple. So now if you go from having to put down 15 to 20% or 20 to 25, there is a major adjustment about to happen. Um, so for everyone who bought at bad prices in the top of the market, I am sorry. I begged you to wait and to be patient. Look at the comps in the area. But if a residential neighborhood has went up 3X or 4X in a year and a half, it has to come down. And since we're now in a recession and the Fed has stopped doing quantitative easing, this is the next market that is going to topple over. I know everyone's going to say I'm not right. Same thing happened in October when it came to this market, the stock market. And here we are. The housing market is next. Please be careful. I'm begging you. Yeah. I mean, interesting because... When we talk about cities that are tech hubs, everybody always brings up Austin. And uh, mm -hmm. we actually had a, a chance to, to be out there for South by Southwest. And it looks like it's a, it's a, a flourishing tech central. Yeah, it's it's, booming. It, it, it's booming. It's becoming one. Um, but then I did some research on it. I looked at, uh, I think Business Insider had this article. It was like the top 15 cities uh, where home appreciation has outpaced wages. Number one city, Austin, Texas. Absolutely. For those who don't know, the, the people are not making enough to keep up with what the houses cost because everyone from California and Washington began to move there. Mm -hmm. So I remember when Tim Ferriss and Noah Kagan 
from OK Dork moved in like 2008. And then Facebook slowly came in. Now we're in a bubble. You have to find what the next Austin is going to be. So, and I've been telling everyone for five years, hey, move to Texas way cheaper. Um, but when a population or a city becomes overinflated and you're having people that are put down 700,000 cash and the house is worth 550, that is the same thing that happened in 2008. I truly believe like banks, and we may not know this truly for two years, I think banks intentionally imploded the crypto market to get the same results and reaction from 2008 for those who missed out and who studied that market. Friedman is doing a great job at being Buffett at FTX for the crypto space, but there's a mm-hmm. bunch of people in investment banking who are like, damn, I missed out on all eight. If we can infiltrate the crypto market with all this fanfare. I mean, we saw it when Zillow and Redfin was like buying people houses 20, 30% of a value and then tried to sell them back two months later. That, that's Good a night. crash. In the south, yeah. it's over with. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so, so what would be uh, what what would be your advice for people as far as the real estate? Just be careful. Just make sure you're getting good value. You want Zen answer or Smoothie King answer? Smoothie King. Let's go. Definitely Smoothie King. Go full. Stop full buying value. everything at stupid prices. You write this down. Your number one job in everything you invest in, and you don't have to like me or believe me, is to stop buying shit at dumb prices. You can do a Fibonacci retracement over any market. Water, OnlyFans subscriptions, oranges. <laughs> <laughs> right. The price of tickets to fly to invest us with them. Everything has a high. You should buy nothing 90% from the high. I screamed that all last year. Mike clipped it up. Nikki clipped it up. You have to buy at the best prices. The way people finesse you is to create fanfare and then use you as liquidity to drive the price up so they can exit. Once again, China did not announce on Twitter, I'm going to buy this farmland. And now we can come in together with the Dow to buy it together. They're required about that. Why? Bill Gates has never announced, come into my fund and you can buy all this land with me. Now wait yeah. till you find out those two are buying things in tandem. Stop yeah. buying at bad prices. It's only for the benefit of someone else. And if I've made you money, please put yes in chat. Please. Did I did I say that clock analogy last week? Yeah. Nope. That? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah, great analogy. It, 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 say it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, good. Yeah. So Don Peebles, legend, legendary billionaire, right, real right, estate right. developer. When we spoke to him, he said that his philosophy with real estate. Because I asked him, I'm like, how do you feel about the real estate market? Is it too hot? Is it? Da, 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 da? He's like, his philosophy with real estate and just investing in general is like a clock. And he was like, um, he was like. Right now, it's at like the clock is at twelve o'clock, mm. and he said you don't you don't buy when it's at twelve o'clock. Like the hands is like it's like pointing up like this. Mm. He said his philosophy is to wait till it gets to like three o'clock. I think three. Like from three, he was like at three o'clock. That's when you should start being interested. Mm-hmm. At four o'clock, he said from four to eight o'clock is when he's buying. Mm-hmm. Four to eight o'clock is when he's buying. And then from eight o'clock to twelve o'clock is like when he's selling. His whole yeah, selling off. And yeah. then and then from twelve o'clock to four o'clock is when he's researching. That's what it was. From from twelve o'clock to four o'clock is research. Four o'clock to eight o'clock is buying. Eight o'clock to twelve o'clock is selling. Yeah. So you meaning you don't want to be there. Buy low, sell high. 
And he said, right yes. now, it's at, it's at 12 o'clock right now. That's what he said. I don't know. He's a billionaire. A lot of investment in business comes down to, will you listen to the people that are trying to help you and take your emotions out of it? Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. So when everyone, especially in our community, when the entire hood is talking about crypto stocks, real estate, bro, it's too late. It, okay, let's take me. Let's say I go on a press run and I do 10 shows back to back, right? All fire. And I'm doing trap numbers, a million out the gate first week. Trap and keys and broke the code. How to get clicks like crazy, right? <laughs> then I go to, let's say, iHeart and say, hey, let's bundle this up with EYL and let's do a deal. Who does that benefits mean? So in crypto, when I had all this fanfare going and the AMC apes and all that, right? That was to build fanfare to then sell off. You notice almost everybody who was running these funds in crypto are now looking to go work at a bank or they partner with the bank or they sold out in some form or fashion. If you do not know who is being finessed in the deal, it is usually you. Even in my finesse, my thing is I want to help you so much that if I go run for president one day, you're like, man, he crazy with that smoothie king and them jackets, boy. But he was all right with me. Let me go ahead and vote for him. <laughs> I want to help you first in advance. So if you do not know who is the beneficiary in a deal or a transaction or you being a part of a fan club, it is the person who runs it and not you. Investing has considerable risk. Please consult your advisor and listen to what I tell you. I'm begging you. I love you all. And please, please be mindful. Um, extremely important. Yeah. Uh, let's bring our guest on if we can. Yeah, let's do yes. that. Yes. Yeah, this, this is very important. Bring Quinn Very, very important. Um, and if I made you money, please put yes in chat. Yeah, we got to tell him because there's a lot of people saying you saved the money. You might have to tell him if I've saved you money because the advice. Yeah, also, if I well. saved you money, boy. If I saved you money, put yes in chat. Right? Hey, how are, how are you? Hey, Quinn, how are you? Hello, hello. Oh man, how's it going? How you doing? Thanks man? for being here. I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Oh, we doing man. great. It's Monday. It's beautiful weather. It's You're Monday. I'm I'm happy to be here. It's, it feels good. I was listening in. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's really um, yes, it's an honor and a pleasure. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll explain who you are for people that might not be fully familiar. Megan Holster Alexander is a uh, well, she's at one of the most successful VC firms of all time, Adrian um, Harwoods, mm -hmm. and um, she leads the firm's cultural leadership fund, uh, CLF, mm -hmm. um, which is actually a, a very big deal. Um, a lot of high-profile uh, people are in there, yeah. um, and you know she's just, you know, it's very interesting because there's not a lot of black people in, in VC, and there's not a lot of women in VC, so she's obviously a black woman, so. It's, it's already, you know, a legendary situation just to even uh -huh. be in her, her position. But just, you know, somebody that has killed in the game and um, is a rising star mm -hmm. in the world of VC. So I feel like we haven't had a, a venture capital conversation in a while since John Henry was on. Shout out to John, um, who always, you know, gives so much great insight. Yeah. But these, these conversations are very needed. Because um, you know it's high level conversation, as my guy Nineteen Keys would say. Yep. And um, it kind of you know gets people a information, but also thinking outside the box. Where yeah. we're not yeah. just talking about the same thing every single week. Where it's like now you can start to think on a much higher level. Where talking about you know billions of dollars and things of that nature. Um, so welcome. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for having me. I'm. This is a big deal. I got to call my mama and let her know where I am. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. A fact. Sixty thousand people mama. on YouTube. She's watching. Don't hit worry. The, hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Hit the like button. Sixty-three hundred people. This is uh, uh, the biggest show ever created when it comes to investing. Um, Fantastic. So, I'm yeah. listen. I need to um. I need you to say that number again so I can try to get on the plane. I need to put in a um a bid <laughs> trying to get on the plane. <laughs> I mean, we would be honored if you could be an investor. So, oh yeah, you got to be an investor. I'm I'm gonna try really, really hard to make it. It's a um a crazy weekend for flying. It's stuff I gotta do, but I'm I'm gonna try to squeeze in one day. I promise. I'm gonna try real hard. Uh, it would be. Our, I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket, not even knowing if I could come, but I already have a ticket. Know. And if I can't make it, I'm gonna give it to somebody who who, who can come for sure. Wow, appreciate amazing. That. Thank amazing. you. Appreciate that. Amazing. Um, okay, let's get into this conversation. Let's so, do it. I'm gonna jump right into it. Um, uh, because I think you had heard we was talking to um Don Peebles, and one of the things that he said was I don't want to quote the wrong number, but it's something like 60 billion dollars, something like that. Venture capital money out there floating around, crazy amount of number yeah, 66 billion. Um, less than point like 7% of 1%, like less than 70 basis points of 1% goes to black and women, minority and women businesses combined. It's not even, the number's not even big enough to just say black businesses. So they got to put women in there combined. So- It's a fraction of a percent, you are correct. A fraction Mm. of a percent when, from my understanding also, um, black women, percentage-wise, started the most businesses last year mm-hmm. in America. Um, so, well, duh, because I mean, that's, that's what we do. Black women, we just do it all. Absolutely. That's a fact. So that's a disturbing number. That's an mm-hmm. extremely disturbing number that nobody's talking about. Because like he told yeah. us, he was like, imagine if it was even proportional to the population, where it's like, I think we're like 20% of the population. So imagine if 20% of that 66 billion went to Black businesses. Like, mm-hmm. Imagine how that would change the landscape of things overnight. Like the money's there, it's in circulation. It's just not getting to us. And, but nobody's talking about that, but everybody's saying like, well, black businesses fail and different things of that nature. But I mean, there's underlying issues on why this is happening. So, okay. How do we solve this problem with venture capital? Mm-hmm. So first it's way more than 66 billion in venture money okay. out there working. How, way, how way, much way. Is it? I, I couldn't even tell you, but you know, Andreessen Horowitz alone, we've got about 30 billion under management. We're just one firm that's only been in operation for the last 10 to 12 years. And, um, and so we're just one firm. There's hundreds of firms out there, multiple mm-hmm. that are, are big kind of multi-stage investment firms like ours. So, so 66, I would say is a low, a low number. Maybe they- I think that was like every year, maybe 66. Okay, annually, gotcha, okay. gotcha, okay. Yeah. But at work, there's a, a lot of dollars at work um, um, over time. But you're asking a big question and I think is really hard to solve. But one of the things that I've seen over the last few years is people just got to put the, put the money out there because, you know, historically, people have a way that they look at companies. It's like you have to have, you know, we want the founders to have a certain degree. We want the founders to have a certain amount of experience, have worked at a certain set of companies, right? If you've worked at, you know, I'm an ex- Twitter, it's Facebook, it's, you know, Yelp engineer, whatever the case may be. And the fact is that 
you don't need all those things to be a good founder. And so I think when we can open up the scope to who can be a good founder, uh, we will likely get more dollars in the hands of Black folks and Black women specifically. At the same time, I think the other thing is really important is putting Black um, investors in place so they can distribute the capital, right? Mm -hmm. Because people, a lot of times, like for our, for kind of the industries that people like, you usually can only like understand problems that like you know or that you've seen. And so when we ask white investors to understand black companies or black businesses, if they're in a particular space, they don't get it, right? So then they get into the, the investment committee meeting and they got to do a vote and they're like, well, I don't understand. I don't get it. And so if we have black investors that have dollars that they can put into companies, um, that also I think will increase the amount of dollars that go into um, black founders. At the same time, it's not like Black founders only found Black companies. We, we found, you know, social media companies or consumer, you know, e-commerce companies too. But we do need to have more folks in the room who understand our, our community to, to make the decision. So I would say probably those two things. So VC is something that, you know, is not spoken about in a lot of our, in our communities. And so yeah. I'm interested in what led you to the path of VC? Um, it's for sure. So I, I just learned about VC in 2016. Wow. So I'm about six years in, I was on a completely different path in life. I went to Clark Atlanta undergrad. Shout out to, hey, CAU. Shout out to the Panthers. Shout out to the Panthers. Yeah. Um, and I was going to get a sociology degree. I was like, oh, I love learning about people and groups. And I had this idea that I wanted to be an academic. I wanted to do research full time and teach full time, be dean of a school and the president of a college. And um, I went through this path, got my first master's, went to a PhD, hated it, dropped out. I was like, I got to get out of here. This is, this is not for me. Um, moved to California. And you know, they say to, to be successful in Silicon Valley, you got to have a good dropout store. So I got my dropout yeah. store. Um, moved to, to Silicon Valley. And it wasn't until I went to business school. So I went to business school at Stanford. And um, I didn't live on campus because by, by the time I went to business school, I was much older than you know most of the people there. And I was like, I'm going to stay in my house. I'm not going to move on campus and all that stuff. And so I was trying to beat traffic, okay, when I was picking my classes. I didn't want to be driving at 9 o'clock in the morning on the 101. It is uh, very hectic. And so there was a venture class that was like early afternoon. I said, perfect, sign me up. And didn't know what it was. And so I get in there and it's actually with Eric Schmidt. So Eric Schmidt is wow. the former CEO of Google, um, former CEO, chairman. Everybody calls him, you know, the first adult in the room uh, at Google. And I knew, got completely distracted by finance. That's the bottom line. Went into that class, read everything, just started doing extra stuff, extra reading. And one day um, we went for a walk with Eric after class and he may or may not remember this, but we did a little short walk around the GSB and he's like, you know, Megan, you're one of my best students. I think you should try venture for real. And I said, black people don't do that. I said, now, why would you try to set me up for failure knowing that there are not people who look like me in this industry? And so I kind of just brushed it off. Um, but after a while I said, you know what, Megan, if Eric Schmidt says you should try something, Maybe, maybe you should try it. So then the rest is kind of history. I spent my time running up and down Sand Hill Road. Um, the rest of my time at uh, business school, started doing internships. You're supposed to do like 
one internship between year one and year two in business school. And I think I did a total of like four all throughout the year. I was working during school, um, turned into a full-time role and I've been doing it ever since. Cool question for you. For those who are interested in getting into the VC space, uh, yep. what, what are some of the most innovative ways you've seen people that look like us break yep. into the industry? Yep. So I would say there, there's two ways. Um, and honestly, the most innovative and I think most successful thing I've seen people do is start their own. Mm-hmm. In the last two or three years, we've seen more black founded venture funds and firms than I have ever seen. It's been an explosion and I love it. Um, if you're looking for the more traditional path, there's a couple of ways you can do it. So working at a startup, People love seeing that you've spent time on a product team, that you've spent time in engineering or spent time in marketing because you have insight into what to look for in a founder, right? You you understand like, oh, they need to set up this, you know, piece of the company or this vertical. You have insight into kind of what the needs are in the space. Um, Also going to business school and kind of just getting an extra business edge and how to think about, you know, technology and to think about business and to think about startups is important. But I say one of the, the easiest ways is going to a startup and actually spending some time in it because you get kind of an extra edge. And then actually probably the most important thing is having a perspective about the future. Mm. So VC is a long game. It is very different from the public market. It is not like, oh, I'll buy some stocks and next year I'm going to cash out. Or in two years, I'm going to cash out. Or in five years, I'm going to cash. Because I, I tell my investors in CLF, um, you know, Venture is an eight to 10 year game. Like it is a long view game. I said, if you're going to come to me in two years and ask me where your money is, I don't have it. Yeah. I don't have it. Um, and so investors who have a, a perspective on what they think is going to happen in the future, like, oh, I think, you know, people are going to want to start communicating through, I don't know, bird calls it by, you know, by 2030. Right. And so you start looking for companies in that space. Um, you they just really want people who are kind of thinking beyond the wave. So if you can kind of formulate in, you know, an idea around that, I think um, you're likely setting yourself up for success. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, ask me this. To, <laughs> okay. How do you get the money? So if, how, how do companies position themselves to attract venture capital money? Mm-hmm. So Different VCs like different things. All VCs are not the same. And the first thing is that people would, you're going to put yourself in a good position if you find the VCs that are looking for what you have. So if you're building a consumer product, um, a social app, necessarily going to talk to enterprise investors or fintech investors or the biotech investors, that's not going to serve you. You're going to waste everybody's time, your time and their time. And neither, you know, neither party is going to like that. So identify who the investors are that are in your space and not just like your vertical, but your, um, your um, size range, right? So are you raising a pre-seed round, right? Are you raising $500,000? If you're raising $500,000, you don't want to go to a growth fund, right? They're looking for companies that are much later, have a ton of revenue, have a ton of you know, staff already. So make sure you're not only in the right vertical, but also in the right size range of, of you know, what you're trying to raise. Um, you know, early stage VCs tend to be looking for folks with really great ideas. What it, it's, you know, it's usually pre-traction, sometimes pre-product before you have anything. Um, so if you're, you're early stage, it's really about 
the team that's building it, right? What is your background? Why are you the best person to build this particular company? Um, and then as you grow, it kind of changes, right? How much traction do you have? If you have an app, how, what's the engagement looking like? You know, how often are people on your app and for how long? Um, so whatever the, the kind of key performance indicators are for your business, that's really what you should lean into. I think this this conversation is extremely important. We all have children. I have a daughter and Megan, obviously you are somebody that is extremely inspirational, right? And so I wonder what the experience was like coming into the space, obviously that we're not familiar with in our community a lot of times as a black woman coming into the space, what has that experience been like for you over the, the, the past six or seven years? Totally. So first I have two kids. You're, you, you're getting mom life right now because here's a, a crib. You see the Paw Patrol uh -oh, hey. on the wall. Shout Chase. Been there. <laughs> Shout out to Chase is on the case. Okay. Absolutely. In the chat, I need you to, 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 to say something if Paw Patrol has a chokehold on your child. Like it does mine. Um, we did mine for two years. For two, right. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, but for, for me as a mom, I'll say in, I think venture in general has a long way to go when it comes to women in our role um, in this industry. And I think there's a lot of learning to do and a lot of growing to do. But what I can say is that, you know, at Andreessen Horowitz, I've had a really fantastic experience as a mom. Um, I'm actually on maternity right now. Yeah, I have a two-month-old. I have a two-month-old. Wow. And I um, am and technically not, you know, technically not working, but I really do love, um, you know, my role and I love my firm so much that um, I'm happy to, to share about them any, any chance I get. But I think the key is people making sure that they have really great maternity policies, people making sure that women feel supported in the workplace. And it's not like, oh, if you have kids, and you can't work until 2 a.m. and you can't um, drop everything and get on a flight in one hour, that that doesn't mean you're any less committed to, to your role. And I think one of the things, and I hope this is okay for me to share, um, one of my favorite things about our firm is our leadership has been really phenomenal from a maternity leave perspective and just supporting women at work. Um, and when the pandemic first started, you know, everybody was like, oh, we're going remote but we think we're going to come back. We might do hybrid. Like no, like companies were really trying to figure out what they were going to do. <clears throat> and I'll never forget our founder, Ben Horowitz, got on um, our all hands and told us, you know, it just happens every Friday. And he says, you know, I was talking to lots of staff about what they want to do and, you know, trying to get opinions on like what should happen first. That's the first sign of a good leader is like asking people what they actually want to do. Um, and he said, I was speaking to a, a woman and she said, this pandemic has been the first time that I felt like I can be a good mom and a good employee. Mm. And he said, I'm not taking that away from people. I can't take it away. And so he said, we're not going back, you know, no matter what we do, we're not going back to, you know, fully in office culture because I can't do that to the moms. And I'm just like, sign me up, you know? So I really, really appreciated that. But I think overall the, the industry does have a really, really long way to go because there's not a lot of women. Yeah. To tie into to the, what you were talking about, like as a parent, I have one seven-year-old, he's in there playing Fortnite now. Um, how do you balance everything? So being a woman, African-American woman in a super competitive space, how do you manage that family life while trying to be the best at your craft in this VC space? I don't, I don't balance it even. 
I'm going to be agree with you. I don't balance it very well. I do my best, but yeah. um, I try to put like a couple of little rules in place. So for me, when my first son was born, I have a three-year-old and two-month-old. I was like, he's, he's, coming everywhere. he's coming everywhere with me. I don't care if yeah. it's work. I don't care if it's for play. Up until he's two, I'm going to take him with me. Because if I'm traveling for work, even if I'm gone for two nights, I'm all stressed out. Like, oh, I miss him and I got a FaceTime. But if he's if he's with me, I can stay somewhere for two weeks and not be worried yeah. about it. Because whenever I get off, for, I'm going to be back with him. So um, that's kind of the first thing that I do. And I think that um, having women kind of who have been um, my superiors over time, when they have children, they really lean into to women who are in the same position. So I try to provide that for people who are on my team as well, as much as I can. Like you, you need flexibility. Your child is sick. You shouldn't feel bad about your child when it's sick. Why should, why should you be scared to tell your boss, right? And so I try yeah. to create that type of environment for everybody around. And I hope that people try to do it for me too. And we just got to stop explaining ourselves so much. Like, oh, I got to leave early because I got to take my kids to the, um, you know, the, they got a basketball game. And just say, I got to go. I got to leave early. Mm. We don't, you know, we don't have to do all of the explaining and hoping that people will like say, okay, it's all right. Just say what you got to do. You think that's an African-American thing or a woman thing? Mm. Both? Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about this. How do you pitch yourself to companies for VC? Like if you, if what, what should, what should, like, what's the one-on-one uh, kit that somebody should have if they're interested in getting VC money? And at what point should somebody even entertain trying to get VC money? Yeah. So um, reasonable people can disagree, but I think that it really just depends on how ready you want to be. But venture tech startups is very much a fail fast type of mentality. You'd rather try early, figure out what you're doing wrong, and then come back again after you've fixed all your mistakes. If you're trying to get everything perfect, like, oh, my company has to be perfect and we have to have all these details right, et cetera, yeah. you're probably going to spend too much time trying to get that right and actually not know what you need to fix because you haven't shown anybody, right? You're building in secret. And you're like, oh, this has to be perfect. And then at the end of the day, you go do your pitch and they're like, oh, well, all these things are wrong and you could have fixed them far earlier. So again, if you want to raise at the pre-seed level, a lot of people don't have a product. It's just an idea mm -hmm. and a pitch deck. Um, and you're walking somebody through what you think it can be. A lot of investors on the VC side are just, we care about magnitude, right? It's like, how big can this idea get? Have you identified a really, really big market? Is it a really, really great team? And do I think that they can execute? Um, and you can get money with nothing. Well, let's, right. so let's, 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 let's break this down a little bit. Yeah. So, cause I, I want to talk to people that that's not really familiar with the space. So yeah. the team is, a, the team is very important, right? Mm -hmm. So putting together a team, like senior leadership, other people that have already had success in the space, that's going to be helpful. Right. Yeah. And then like putting together like the pitch deck, um, of the idea of kind of, like you said, just even if it's not fully there yet, like yep. what it can potentially do and convincing somebody that you have the capability of actually making this happen, right? Yeah. For sure, for sure. And it, I would say even beyond getting to senior leadership, when you're at the really, really early stage, it's about the founding team, right? Mm -hmm. 
who who are the people who are founding this company? If it's like, oh, um, say it's an education tech company and it's about teaching kids how to X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, and you're a former teacher, right? That's really interesting to investors because you know the space, you understand what the need is or you're a former principal or a school board member. And then you partner up with say, an engineer who was at whatever other ed tech company, right? We're looking at, are these puzzle pieces in place for this idea and this team to actually work? So, so you're leading, no, Troy, go ahead. So, so, so you're leading the, the, the cultural leadership fund. Um, can you talk about what it is, uh, its importance and how unique it is to the tech space? I can, I can. So cultural leadership fund, so it probably starts let me start at what Andreessen Horowitz is because that will make Cultural Leadership Fund make even more sense. So Let's do it. Andreessen Horowitz, we are a venture capital firm. Um, we've got, again, about $30 billion under management and we do early stage and growth stage investing. So the full kind of scale of, of venture capital. Uh, and we do so through a number of funds. So we've got um, a venture fund, we've got crypto fund, we've got growth, we have um, a biotech fund. So all of those funds exist at our firm. And then Cultural Leadership Fund is this other fund uh, that is a strategic co-investment vehicle inside of Andreessen Horowitz. So we invest alongside those other ones that I just mentioned. But mm -hmm. the thing that is really interesting and really cool about what we do at CLF is that we do those co-investments with two main missions in mind. So the first is connecting the world's greatest cultural leaders to the best new technology companies. Um, and the second is getting more young African-Americans into technology. So that first mission, I, you guys actually kind of talked about it earlier. When we say getting cultural leaders um, into technology companies, we mean the world's greatest athletes, entertainers, musicians, C-level executives, all of whom are uh, excited about technology. They're interested in innovation. They want to play a role in the things that are being built across this industry. And CLF gets to be an on-ramp for that. And I think for so many, you know, we call them cultural leaders, um, you know, in the past, it's been about like getting a sponsorship deal with a company after they've gotten big or figuring out how to monetize on, you know, X platform. But for us, it's about getting ownership on the cap table of these companies. Mm -hmm. And again, these are companies kind of pre-public. So before the, the average retail investor can get into a company, we're taking it back to the private space and making sure that we get black dollars onto the, the cap tables of these companies. Quick question for you. So what are like three or four key traits that a entrepreneur can have that will make your fund or one similar to it go crazy? Like once you see their pitch deck or presentation. Yep. So the important thing to note there is CLF is a co-investment vehicle. So we yeah. don't do direct investments. We invest alongside the other funds. Okay. But I, I think that's an important piece to bring up though, because in this concept, I think about black generational wealth. And I think there's a few like key, really key ways to do it when we think about technology and technology companies. The first mm -hmm. is obviously investing in, in black founders, right? It's making sure you put dollars in their hands so they can put it into their companies and grow. The second mm -hmm. is getting black dollars on cap tables. So getting black investors into whatever tech companies that are out there. And then the third is getting black talent into tech companies. So being an employee at the seed or the series A or the series B stage, because that early employee equity can potentially be very, very valuable down the road, right? We've all heard the stories of 
Facebook or Twitter making people yeah. millionaires overnight. Um, and so I think those are the three ways to really build um, generational wealth for the Black community. I think technology has proven that time and time again. And CLF focuses on those last two. We focus on Black investor dollars on the cap table, and we focus on Black talent into technology companies. Um, Dame Dash on the FaceTime call during Market Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, buzz them in, buzz them in. What's up, bro? Look, say, say, what's, say what's up. It's, 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 Everybody it's, she's one of the most powerful people in, in venture capital. This is Dame Dash. Say what's up. Hi, Dame Dash. <laughs> Yo, Dave, we, we only doing a live show right now, bro. <laughs> You're on the live show. <laughs> What'd you say? You said the camera skills tough? No, all you showing me is a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we on a live show. I'm going to call you right back. I yeah, man. Can we, we can actually make an announcement, actually? What do you think about Venture, Please, Dame Dash? Bring him into oh, the combo. Let, let's, Dame, Dame. I, I wasn't, you got to bring the, 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 the phone she's to the good. Yeah, I, I she's wasn't, good. I wasn't planning on this, but everything happens for a reason. So Dame Dash is one of our favorite people on earth. Yes. A cultural icon. Absolutely. He yes. reminds us every single time he speaks to us <laughs> how much he's helped our program. How important he is to us. Yes. <laughs> you have to love you know your value. He, he, much I have to help my program. That's what I was doing. <laughs> that so, too. <laughs> so, 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 Dane, I, I called you the other day. I said, look, we got this big thing, Invest Fest, da, 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 da. We need you there. And after about five minutes, Dame Dash will be at Invest Fest. <laughs> Confirm. You better not let me get around, Dame. You think I act crazy now, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dame Dash, ladies Dame and Dash, gentlemen, will be in is, Atlanta. A market Monday. What's, what's the date again? <laughs> August 7th. I'm gonna make sure you're there. August 7th. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you every single day to make sure you're there. That's a fact. We... All right, bet. That means we're breaking bread. That's a fact. Yes, breaking bread. Dane, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you after this is over, brother. All right, you got your beard lined up. different, yo. different. Oh. It's not Dane, we love call out. Ah, uh, Dave, always, always, always got jokes. Always uh, got jokes. Man. True and and true character. You know, you're killing it. All right, my nigga. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Dame Dash will be at Invest Fest, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Market Monday's exclusive. I was gonna wait till till next week to drop that, but there he is. I get, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm on this episode because all the big announcements are coming in this episode. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is a fact. <laughs> I picked the right time. At first, it's funny. I um. I, I think we were supposed to do a different day, but I ended up on the biggest announcement. That is true. That is true. There you that have, it. True. There you have it. Tyler Perry, Dame Dash. It just it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And we're not done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I couldn't resist myself. Dame, anytime Dame calls, that's you know, that's a legendary moment. We grew up on like music, like Rockefeller, like, you know, so it's still kind of weird to me that Dame Dash calls me FaceTime. Like, it's kind of surreal. It's bizarre. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the numbers that come through, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is our life now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a quick question real quick? Yes, please. Um, so Ben is one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time. Can you share maybe like three or four big lessons you've learned from him since being there? Ooh. Take your time. Yes. Ooh, that's a... That's a good question. You put me on the spot. I have learned actually a lot of lessons uh, from Ben. Um, my favorite, I'll give you my favorite. 
So our firm is really active venture firm, doing a lot of stuff all the time. And I think there are a lot of opportunities that come our way that um, could be quick and easy. But Ben has this phrase, and we have this value at the firm that says we take the long view on relationships. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, is we're we're in a relationship business. Um, but what that means is that we don't sacrifice relationships for a quick buck. You don't have to, when, when people come into our firm, you don't have to worry about us going and running and tell somebody else about your business or all your secrets or, you know, that we'll steal something or switch up something up. Like we, we are very um, loyal to the relationships that we build. And I, that is just dangerously critical to me um, because yeah. I think that loyalty is really important. And I think trust is really important. It's everything. Um, but we, we take the long view on relationships. Nobody has, forever has to worry about us you know, flipping and dipping for a million here, or five million there, or ten million here. We are, um, we really try to be about it. Thank Let you. me ask you this: you, you spoke about the Series A, Series B. We had like C yes. round. We just spoke to uh, uh, Pinky from Plutty Vegan. She just got twenty-five million dollars in her seat. Pinky, you my heart. That is my yeah. bag. Oh yeah, yeah. Pinky. That's my bag. She's um. She's a, she's we went to college together. She really? is my soror. She brought me into Delta. Wow. She was Miss CAU the year before me. And then I was Miss CAU, but she was Miss Junior and I was Miss Sup. We've been loving up on each other for a long time. For a long time. She's everything. And I'm always following in her footsteps. So this is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you have two month old. She has a one week old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all sisters for real. <laughs> that is my um, sister for sure. Shout out to Pinky. But yeah, can you kind of talk about that? Like, Seed rounds, round A, round, like, what, what does that mean? Yep, so that's just about the stage that you are in in the company. And I tell people to think about fundraising rounds as like a step function. It's not it's not like a, line, a linear, you know, relationship like this. It just goes up. It's not like that, where it's like you just, your valuation grows and it doesn't work like that. It's like this, right? And what that means is like, if you're at a seed round, um, there's all this stuff that you need to do before you can raise a series A. And then when you raise a series A, you, you just stay flat. There's all the stuff you need to do and accomplish and achieve from attraction and a profit and a revenue perspective before you can raise a series B. And then you jump up to the next round. It's not kind of this like constant ticking. Um, but essentially, usually like a, a seed round is maybe you've got a rough version of your product. You are, um, you know, working on a beta. Maybe you've got a couple of people testing it out. By Series A, you you found um, a little bit of product market fit. You're starting to think about, you know, you've got a, a repeatable process for acquiring customers or users, right? There's all these kind of um, uh, tidbits of traction and benchmarks yeah. that, that firms are looking for. And every firm is different, right? Some firms might say, well, no, that seed that you said is more of a Series A to me. And for other people, like, no, oh, that's a, totally a Series B. Um, so every firm is different, but the idea is that there's kind of these benchmarks that you have to meet to get to each round. So obviously the, the fund, you, you've had a lot of people invest. You've had obviously celebrities, you've had cultural leaders, you, you've had athletes. I'm wondering from your side, how encouraging it is to see this type of diversity coming into the space, or if it's not at a pace that you, you, you know, that is fulfilling to you, what can we do to encourage people to look at this as a way to actually put into your portfolio as a way to generate generational wealth? Like, 
Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yep, for sure. So I, um, we, the, the insight that kind of started Cultural Leadership Fund was this idea that when it came to the things that were cool, what people wore, what people liked to do, what they talked about, it was Black Twitter and Instagram and, the, and Black TikTok, it was Black people and what mm-hmm. we were doing that everybody wanted to do. Same, same um, but again, mm-hmm. so often we weren't capturing any of the value of these companies, right? Again, we be real popping on there and then maybe get a sponsorship later or whatever the case is, but when it came to owning the company as they grew and your kind of relationship growing proportionately, you know, and your wealth growing proportionately to the company, it just didn't exist. So CLF was created in order to kind of alleviate that where it's like, okay, these black culture creators, people shaping, shifting, creating culture, if we can get them on the cap tables early, then they can really truly capture the value of what it is that they're bringing to the platform. Um, and so I, I love it because our investors have become some of the most savvy, thoughtful, um, you know, investment partners in these companies that, that I've ever seen. So this whole concept of like a dumb athlete, this whole concept of like a spacey, you know, actress or whoever, business leader, it's those days are over. Um, these are some of the most thoughtful and kind of intricate people that, that I've ever met in portfolio companies, like working with them. They don't want to work with people who are just going to drop a couple of dollars and disappear. That's yeah. that's completely useless because money is abundant when it comes to the venture capital space. It's like they don't have to take your money. Mm-hmm. They don't have to take your money. They're getting money from, you know, Andreessen Horowitz or Square or whoever else. If you're, you know, when you're a cultural leader, it's not about your money. It's about the value that you can help bring to help the company succeed. Um, and so I've seen people really come into that, you know, into their own as investors through through the CLF. Uh, and I, I think that's only going to grow. I think it's an insight that other people are starting to catch on to and try to create kind of similar, similar vehicles. Um, but we're really proud that we get to to be the first. Can you talk about the and, impact? This my apologies. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go for it. Um, can you talk to us about the impact that attending CAU had on your life? Because sometimes I think as African Americans, we think HBCU isn't as good. But the guy who actually inve- uh, introduced me to investing went to Clark. You mentioned of course Pinky. he did. Why would he not? Why would he go anywhere else? Shout out him, Doctor Pleasant, right? Um, can you talk about how important and what an impact uh, attending Clark had on you in your career? Clark was everything. I, again, I was from I'm from Alabama. Um, what part? Montgomery. Wow, I got family in Midway. You been over there? Come on, man. <laughs> you, you, got, Come on. you said you got family in Midway. Yeah. Okay, that's the country. Country, country, solo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. okay. My people are from Pigeon Creek and Greenville and Butler. You follow, like, yeah. And people try to play. Let me. I'm gonna come back to your question, but people try to play me because all the people from California and New York be like, oh, "I'm, I'm from New York. I'm from California." And I'm like, where's your grandma? Right. Where's your grandmother from? And they be like, Mississippi, Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> Alabama, yeah. right? All these southern states. Mississippi, like, yeah, yeah. We're like, you're welcome. Um, you're welcome you're I'm welcome drinking out of a mason jar like it's my life I, hey. I, it's my life um but re- remind me really quickly what was the question clark atlanta yes um yes but i think when it came to experiencing people from lots of different places it's i think places like clark- want to get smarter about investing then tune into the capital ideas podcast from capital group home of american funds distributors inc one of the world's leading asset managers Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Atlanta that brings together students, particularly because it's um, it's a private HBCU. It's really small. And so people come from different states, uh, uh-huh. which I really enjoyed. Our whole motto find a way or make one. I, it is mm-hmm. on my whiteboard. I live by it every day. I learned that I have a choice uh, in the way that I respond to things and when I want to give up and when I want to keep going. Um, really, really good at just figuring stuff out, figuring it out. Um, and I think this concept that like, you know, people say it all the time, so I don't mean to sound cliche, but like, it's a lot of types of Black people out here. We are not all the same. We are not all, we don't, talk the same, we don't dress the same, we don't think the same. Um, and I I think I learned to appreciate the full diaspora of, of, of Black folks and, and who we are, you know, regardless of where we're from. But Clark Atlanta is not, we are hustlers. Absolutely. Music, everybody's working on something. Listen, you can't go to Clark Atlanta, there's yeah. musicians, somebody's producing, doing hair, rapping. ABC was popping. It's popping, yeah. and everybody wants to come hang out on Clark Atlanta's promenade, and we, we, we <laughs> Baby, it, it just really is a, a beautiful space of community, and I'm so blessed, and I'm, I'm lucky because I come from a family of, of just HBCU people, and I'm, I'm praying, and I'm hopeful that my kids will go to an HBCU, they go wherever they want, but um, it is a beautiful, beautiful experience. Shout out to all the HBCUs. We might have something yes. special for HBCUs. And shout out to the city of Atlanta. Let me ask you this: as far as the VC world is concerned, yes. um, what what is what is the rate of returns that you guys look for, like when you're investing, like in, in your portfolio? Like, what's the you know ten years like down the line? You say, okay, this this was good. I, it's a two part question, but well, that's the first yeah. part. So first. You trying to get me to go to jail. The SEC is going to be after me. I got to be oh, real oh, careful oh. about what I say. Yes. Um, I don't want them knocking on my door. But I'll actually point to something that Steve Harvey said when he was on with you guys. He he talked to you guys about batting averages. Mm-hmm. And I remember y'all being like, um, ooh, that's the first time we heard that this guy's like, dang it. So I can't bring it. That is like the VC metric that we love talking about is VC is about batting averages. Mm-hmm. Um, but the piece that I would add to what uh, Steve said was batting average is important, but also even more important is your slugging percentage, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the magnitude of the hits that you're making? Because your batting average could be X, right? You you hit three out of 10. um, But I think everybody would rather, you know, hit a home run with, you know, bases loaded and knock it out of the park. And so we think a lot about what is the magnitude of the investments that we're making. We love 
you know, we can hit a single or a double, but we really, really, really love home runs, you know, whether we get a 10x or 50x or 100x or 1000x, um, we really do try to make investments into companies that we think are, are going to return the fund. So let me, let me ask you this, if I can, the second part of that question yes. is the harsh reality, Chris Lyons, somebody who you're familiar with. Yes, I know that guy. <laughs> Shout out to our guy. Uh-oh, I can't hear you. Sound went out. Mic went low. Can you hear me now? Yeah. There you are. You plugged your mic up. <laughs> Back in business. All right. Um, so he was talking, I was talking to him in LA a few, a few a while ago, and he was saying that um the greatest wealth opportunity in history is happening right now and will be happening for like the next decade in tech startups. Yep. And he was like, the vast majority of black people is not going to be able to benefit from it. And they're not going to mm -hmm. be able to make any money from it. And we talk about this show is, is about stock market investing, right? Yep. Public companies. Yep. But we understand that massive amounts of wealth is made on a private side. Yes. VC before companies go public. Yep. So like, that's when you get a 10,000 X return. And that's when you can turn 50,000 to 5 million. Of course, yeah. those, that doesn't happen every day, but it's possible. Yeah. That's, but you need access, you need relationships, you need money. So that's something that nobody's talking about because mm -hmm. billions of dollars are being generated with these tech startup companies and it's going to continue to be generated, but not only do black people hardly get any money from venture capital? They don't really, they don't have the opportunity or the resources to actually invest in venture capital. So that's yeah. a whole nother set of problems. Mm -hmm. So how do we get more people into actually the opportunity to invest in the private market as opposed to only investing in public markets? Yep. So ooh, there's a lot there. So first private market investing and specifically venture capital is dangerously risky. Mm -hmm. It is the riskiest asset class that you can get involved in. And I say that knowing that in the public market, by the time a company goes public, let me just tell you what going public means. Going public means that you've already got a board in place. It means you've got a certain amount of revenue. You've got compliance things in place. You've got all these systems in place in order to go public and sell your stock to, to a retail investor that it's already been adjusted for risk. It's already been checked for risk. When you are betting on two guys in a garage in, I'm gonna say Montgomery, Alabama, just because I'm from, two guys in a garage in Montgomery, you know, they could be complete total clowns, right? There's a huge amount of risk that you're taking um, that is just not, simply not there in the public market. Um, and so, and the reason why it's so risky, again, is because venture's a long game and it's eight to 10 years before a company will go public or be bought. Um, so that's 10 years of risk you're taking up front. And we all know in investing, the people who take the biggest risks are the ones that are going to get the biggest reward. And so that's why venture returns are so huge um, or can be really huge because we're paying pennies on the dollar for a, you know, a stock that's you know $30 when it goes public. Most VC firms, you know, six years later, or seven years later, before, sorry, six or seven years before, paid a dollar and 50 cents per share, uh, right? Mm. So, but we had to wait, you know, 
10 years for it to go public and to actually get liquidity. So your money is locked up for a really, really long time. Um, so with that being said, it's very, very risky. And the government doesn't want people taking that kind of risk as individuals, right? Because, um, you know, that's why we got those uh, classifications of accredited investor and unaccredited investor. And that's because they don't want people spending their, you know, retirement on some random idea that they heard from a person to be an investor. So right. it started as a means of protection, but I do think it needs to be loosened because I think there's a lot of, you know, well qualified, very able people who can make investment decisions, but it's, it's really tough and people need to be protected from that. So there has to be some balance around private and, and public investing. And then the last thing I'll say is, yes, black people haven't historically been involved, but like the firms that are coming up the last couple of years with these black general partners, I know you mentioned John Henry earlier mm -hmm. um, and the guys that he works with, there are, I mean, I've known of at least 20 to 30, you know, black led or black GP funds um, in the last two years. So I'm really, really optimistic about it. And like I said, the other way that I think people are going, so black, black people investing is one way to get money. And I'll actually talk about like how we make money because I think that's probably important to, to, to describe to people. Black people investing the dollars. When you invest the dollars, you get the money back. Um, black people on the cap tables at either as the GP or as an investor in a GP. And then black people working at the tech companies, right? Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I say that all the time. And I, I, one thing that I'm trying to get people to stop saying is that like people who work at companies aren't betting on themselves. What? That's crazy. That's like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Like just leave the company and bet on yourself. I, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. Like I have no desire to, to build a company, right? So for the people who are interested in a particular, you know, problem that they want to work on or company they want to be a part of, Getting in at the early stage is really important. How you can cash in on on that that wealth. Yeah. So one of the I'm mean, I'll just add to what Rashad said from that's from an investment standpoint. But sometimes you know having the educational process is even more beneficial when you're hands on. You're actually in the space. And so what are some of the the, the opportunities and roles that come within being in a VC firm? Like how do people even apply, or what are the qualifications that they need to even be in a firm? Right. And what are the roles? Because yep. like, obviously you're le you're leading a role, but there's other opportunities for people to be employed inside of it. Right. Where they can get hands on yep. knowledge. So there's um, space for employing in, in venture and employing in tech. So in venture, if you're, you know, firms like Andreessen Horowitz, um, you know, we, we need all kinds of people. Right. We need investors. We need marketing people. Andreessen Horowitz has been a huge kind of marketing and content you know, machine for the last several years. One of the things we're most Absolutely. known for is our content, right? So editors, podcast people, we have go-to-market folks. So if you've um, done sales and customer success, we support our portfolio companies with those things. So we need folks who have those, um, those skill sets. And so I think at the larger stage firms or the larger you know, size firms, there's like a range of, of jobs that you could do. Um, similar to tech, to be in tech, you don't need to be technical. You don't need to know how to code. You can be in HR. You can be in marketing. You can be in sales. Um, so it really is just about making that transition into the technology space. Because like you said, I agree with Chris 1000%. Technology is the biggest wealth driver that we have today. Um, and so we were very, very like hardcore about it. And I'll say it over and over again, um, that it is one of the 
clearest, largest ways to build wealth um, over a period of time. Um, what are the three books and three conferences you think people should attend or read to learn more about angel or venture capital? Mm-hmm. Um, so our founder, Ben Horowitz, has a book called um, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Great book. I think it was a great book about company building and the whole space. Um, and actually, Scott Cooper. Scott Cooper does not get the shine, you know, he deserves. Scott Cooper is one of the four managing directors at Injuries and Horowitz. Um, and he has a book called The Secrets of Sand Hill Road. And for the folks who don't know, Sand Hill Road is considered kind of VC land, right? All of the, the largest um, kind of most active VC firms, at least from years past, are on Sand Hill Road. Um, it's in Menlo Park. All of them are, you know, kind of side by side, all down this road, and it's called Secrets of Sand Hill Road. And you can get um, the insight into what it's like, how people think about investing in companies, how the firm thinks about it. Uh, it's one of my favorite books. That's a solid one. And then um, one of the first ones that I read, it's like a little thin book. It's called Breaking the VC. And I'm sure y'all can agree. One of the when it comes to things you don't know about. If you get the vocabulary down pat, you're probably 70 to 80% there. If you just learn the language that people are speaking and it breaks down the words like um, investment and like carried interest and, um, you know, ARR or whatever the case may be, um, just so you can get knowledgeable about about the space and how it works. And actually, can I, can I go back? I mean, I, sorry, go ahead, Rashad. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I brought up carried interest again, and I feel like I should probably tell people about what, what that is and how VCs make money. Because I think this show is about how it all works and how to get people yes. to make more money. Um, so the, the way that venture firms make money is we take money from outside investors, they're called limited partners, and their hope essentially is that we'll flip it. They hope to give us money and that we'll flip it. And, um, you know, we have fee carried interest and I think it actually comes from like old school like shipping like actual ships where it's like we'll carry your load from one place to the next but we're going to keep 20% of either whatever it is you're shipping or the money that you make off of of shipping so it it carried over to to venture capital and investing and essentially so say we raise you know get a hundred million dollars from outside investors and we three exit so $300 million we have made from the investments that we made with that original $100 million. $100 million is going to go back to the investors, right? You get your money back first. And then of the $200 million that's left, um, we're going to divide that out. Some firms take as little as 20%. Some firms take 30% if they, you know, at least three exit, like if there's a range, but let's just say 30%. Um, so 100 goes back to you. And then the 200 million, you get to keep 70%. And then the venture capitalists keep 30%. So if there's $200 million of profit, we'll keep 60 million. And that's how we make money. Yes, very important. So when we get when we get our black investors on the cap table, that one, what was it, 140 additional goes to them. Um, and I think I had asked you this before, but the ultimate goal for, for you guys is investing in a company and the company either has to go public on a stock market like Uber or one of these tech, yep. tech startup, or 
it has to be purchased, acquired, like yeah. Ring, which got acquired by Amazon. Yeah. Those are those are like the two way, two main ways that you guys will make money, right? Yeah, those are called liquidity events. So our money is locked up until the company goes through a liquidity event um, of going public or being purchased. Hmm. And like when you when you think about like the batting average, slugging percentage, et cetera, when it comes to like how many companies really do fail, right? You said earlier like, oh, I've heard, um, or a lot of people, a lot of the other people were saying that black women companies fail or black companies fail. Most companies fail. You don't gotta mm-hmm. be black. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I want to say, like eighty to ninety percent of startups fail because um, it's a tough, it's a tough industry. It's a really tough thing to do, um, and founders have to be really resilient and have a great idea and build the right team and get the right code. Like there's all these pieces that need to work, um, and so it, in venture, a lot of times, if you invest in ten companies, maybe you know, probably seven of them are gonna go to zero. And then two might be singles or doubles, but you're praying that one of them, right, is that 100x that you talked about, Rashad. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. I like that slugging um, percentage. Yeah. 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 Let's go to my the question fi- before we oh, go ahead, Ian. Yeah. My final question What's the one piece of advice that you wish you would have known six years prior when you entered into the venture space? Mm-hmm. The power of relationships. I didn't know that that was as important as it is and it probably more important than it should be. So even from applying to jobs to, you know, building your house to what, sending your kids to school, like who you know and and the relationship that you can build is just really important. And when it comes to like finding new companies and sharing deals and spending time with each other, like networks are just really, really important. And I, learn that the hard way because I used to, you know, really think that like, if I just, I used to think I could do everything on my own and you, you just can't, yeah, you cannot. And that fits into so many different ways and different parts of life that you just can't do it all on your own. So building networks is really, really important. It's the most, it's actually the most important thing in the world. Um, relationships is like I agree. everything. It's actually more everything. powerful than money. Uh, yeah. It, um, okay. So we're going to go to questions. Um, you want to stay on? Can you, can you stay on for this segment? I can stay on. Let's do it. All right, oh, let's do okay. It. Jan, what's up? Janet. Hey. Janet, how are you? Hey, Janet. I'm good. How are you? Hi, Megan. Thank you for being on today. I love when we have other women on. <laughs> um, I love seeing you longer. Oh, thank you so much. I actually <laughs> have a quick question for you before we get into it. Um, I did a little research on you because I was trying to figure out who we have on today. And I thought it was interesting that you used to work in nonprofits and that you felt like being in a VC would help you make more of the impact you want to see. And I think we are so used to seeing nonprofits in our communities that, you know, like they're the ones that are there to help us. Right. So why did you feel like moving to VC was going to help you make the impact you want to see in our communities? So that's such a good question. So my last job in, in nonprofit before I went to business school was actually working for the amazing, unstoppable Ronnie Lott, um, who is former um, NFL player, four-time, you know, Super Bowl champ. And his nonprofit actually helps uh, professional athletes figure out how to give away their money. So I was working, helping athletes figure out, you know, do you start a program? Do you start a nonprofit instead? Should you partner with um other nonprofits because all 
all um most people that I've worked with in the NFL or NBA, like they all want to give back. They want to figure out something for their community. But the fact is that everybody's in different spaces, right? NFL is really, really hard because you never know what your contract's going to be and you don't know how long it lasts. But it's like, how do we figure out how to make this work and get achieve what you want to get done? Um, and what I found is that while I was working with them on their nonprofit stuff, they were getting absolutely taken advantage of on the business side. Mm. everybody would come to them with all sorts of investment opportunities um and it was just the most crazy maddening thing and it would affect how they could do their philanthropy because other horrible horrible things were happening on the business side and so when I went to business school um and started getting into venture I was like this is kind of perfect because I still get to work with um the the awesome athletes and entertainers I was working with but I can help them on a larger scale so that they can ultimately give back and do their philanthropy in a way that, that they want. And so I think the, the longer term goal is from a community perspective, how do we put people in a position um, to really focus on and, and build in the community the, the way that they want to. Awesome. Thank you for that. And we were always begging a nonprofit. We're always begging for money. And I was like, I want to be in a place where I can be giving people money as right. opposed to always figuring out how to, how to get it. Absolutely. Arthur, we are coming to you. I'm yourself, please. Oh, good person to ask the question to. Peace, peace. It's good, fellas. Hello, brother, how are you? I'm doing well. What's good with you? I'm great. I'm great. Janet, Megan, how you doing? Hi, Arthur Andrews, the third. In there. Third, the third, yes. Uh, Got to be quick because I know there's a lot of questions in the queue. Uh, Megan, what I want to ask is you mentioned that the fund had two parts. Um, that you were focusing on. One, trying to get um, some of the higher net worth individuals on the cap table that normally don't. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, also increasing the amount of talent um, that, that, that's participating in, in these funds. Um, from our community's perspective, obviously getting on the cap table uh, at scale is something that's very difficult. And so yep. it's probably much more likely for those of us who are watching the way that they will eventually participate or be able to get that foot in it through their doors, through the talent piece. Yeah. What I wanted to ask was um, if you could speak a little bit more on the, the fund and the firm specific strategy in terms of increasing the, the number of jobs, if you set any metrics in terms of what success looks like, how many actual jobs will be there, yes. so on and so forth as like I said, from our, from our community perspective, that's the place where we'll probably be able to participate at scale rather than, you know, uh, on that cap table. I love that question. That's such a good question. question. And I, um, this, the second mission of CLF, of getting more young African-Americans into tech, is the real reason why we say to become the work every day. And me and my whole team, we're like, this is really what it's about. So we have a couple of different things. Um, so on the one hand, we have a Black talent network, and it's completely open source. And when I say open source, I mean kind of the counter to the network argument of like, you don't have to know nobody. Your uncle doesn't have to work at XYZ. You don't, your sister doesn't have to have a friend, blah, blah, blah. You come to our website, give us your information and say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about roles at Andreessen Horowitz Portfolio Company. Our portfolio is expansive. Um, and so we have a whole talent team who will go through, chat with you, look at your LinkedIn, talk about your res resume and think about companies in our portfolio that we think you might be a good for good fit for it. We've got hundreds of companies. Um, and, you know, if, if you can share kind of like what your background is, et cetera, with them, 
they want to try to help you find a space. And because for us, it's like, okay, we've got this wealth of, of companies. We've got this black community that CLF has been building of professionals. How do we put them together? And then, so that's the first way is this black talent network. The second way is through our, our nonprofit program. So the nonprofit program in particular is not, um, it's not this like handout program. It's not trying to like appease a certain group. The fact of the matter is that there are organizations in the nonprofit space that have been doing this work for a very long time, whether it's teaching black folks how to code, whether it's um, putting folks in product design programs, et cetera. And we said, okay, if we've got this money in our kind of in our arsenal that we can kind of play with, that we can kind of be creative about how we want to get folks into tech, why don't we support the people who've been doing it all the time? Like we don't have to start something new. That's the other thing, right? You don't have to rebuild the wheel every time that you want to help solve a problem because organizations like Pursuit and Perscalas and Smash, who we support financially um, through that donation program um, and other ways, uh, they've been doing it already. And so we, we support in that way by, you know, kind of providing um, like marketing support. We help them with fundraising, we help them with all sorts of things. And so we try to help them bolster the programs that they've already created. So Black Talent Network and then our nonprofit program. Thank you. Thank you. Arthur. And if you just go to our website, you'll see the link for the Black Talent Network. What is that site again? It is www.a16z.com slash CLA. Can you say a little, a little slower? A16ZA16Z.com slash CLF. There you have it. And y'all have a, a social, media, social media page as well, right? We do have social media. It's at A16ZCLF. And that is on Twitter and Instagram, I believe. Elizabeth, if I'm wrong, please check me. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that question, King Arthur. Yes, Arthur. Yep. And our Thank next, you, Arthur. Our next Elizabeth, question. I'm looking at my phone. If I'm wrong, text me, girl. <laughs> our next question comes from Emmanuel. Unmute yourself, please. Yo, hello everyone. Happy Monday. Happy, Happy Monday. Monday. How are you? How are you? How's everybody doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, my question is, um, I guess for Troy and Rashad, but I guess I mean anyone can answer it, uh, especially in light of breaking news alerts. Uh, as e as EYL continues to scale rapidly, what are a few of your new favorite practices, techniques, or strategies that you have been able to learn and deploy to kind of keep up with the growth of a business. Uh, I'm a small business owner and uh, my business has been growing too. And I'm just, you know, trying to keep up with, with the scaling and, and uh, trying to, you know, stay ahead of things. Yeah, for sure. That was a great question. I think somebody had asked me that on my financial planning call all the day, but <laughs> um, hiring, you're making me nervous, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like four costs within the last 20 minutes. Um, the limit is three costs, yes. <laughs> I did two in a, in a like a, like, you know, let me clear my throat. You have to get like a plastic divider. Nah, man, I took three tests. They all negative. We good. All right. All right, man. Um, Anything happens, man. Y'all know where to find them. Yeah. <laughs> right You're not trying to be sick again. That's that. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, man. Y'all got a plane to get on. Yeah. That's a yeah. fact. No repeat performances. I'll be there. Yeah, for sure. But I think um, <clears throat> hiring hiring employees is so, so vital. 
And that's something that, you know, a lot of business owners struggle with, especially when they get, when they're first starting out because they feel like they don't have enough money. And it's like, they're looking at it like, this is going to cost me $50,000, 45, 60, whatever you're going to pay your employees. But I think you really have to look at it as an investment. Like if you're paying somebody $60,000, hopefully that person can help generate 120 or $180,000 for you. So it's difficult, like, especially when, when money is tight, you know, cause it's like, damn, I could use this money for something else. So I could just use this money just to support myself. But right. I think once you get in a position where you're making some level of consistent cash flow and you start to grow, the only way that you can scale is, is through other people. You can only do so much y- yourself. And, um, it's important to have, you know, good people, talented people, but, um, you know, having, having, um, you know, people that's working is extremely important. Even like, you know, we're looking at Janet, and Janet was the first person that we hired for EYL University. We took her from Fidelity. Um, but, you know, it's very important. And she helped scale the program. And she's and we're hiring more people. And um, that's, that's vitally important. So I encourage all business owners to um, really don't be cheap when it comes to labor. Because ultimately, people will be your biggest investment. Yeah. I think- Can I answer that? Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, I was just going to say, interesting enough, I'll keep it short. Um, as we've grown and scaled, I've only focused on the things that matter. Like, a- as you have more roles and responsibilities, you realize what matters and what doesn't. And so, mm-hmm. like, my focus is, ex- like, extreme at this point. And Ian probably could attest to it. Like, even in, like, a group chat, like, I'm if there's something that doesn't matter, you won't even, I don't even respond. I don't respond. Like, I won't, I can't deviate from where I need to have my mm-hmm. focus, whether that's reading or learning or trying to teach. And so I think that laser focus has intensified as we've grown in skill. Yeah. Troy, somebody said you sound congested. I, <laughs> yo, I got a call, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, the, the only thing I would add to the hiring piece, because this is like critical, this is super, super critical, is don't be afraid to hire people who you think can outdo you. I think sometimes a little bit of ego gets involved in hiring, Mm -hmm. but the fact, and this is a lesson I learned, A players hire A players and B players hire C players, right? You can't be afraid of somebody coming in and like bossing up. That's what you want. You want somebody who's going to come in and be just kind of next level. Um, Mm -hmm. So put, I would say in hiring, put your ego aside and really hire the best person for the job. You want the person that's going to outdo you. That is uh, absolutely. And we, we said this, what were we? I think we were at an event in Atlanta and I was speaking about Abdullah and I was, I, I remember him at 16 right. and seeing him and like, he's going to be better than me. At, at 16, I saw, I just saw how he carried himself, his characteristics, how organized he was, how he was a leader of his friends. Like, he's going to be better than me. Even like now at 25, I tell him all the time, you don't really realize how far ahead you are at 25. But he's got a great side for him. Seen. There's no it's, way it's, he's 25. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. He's not 25. He's, he's at least 40. The way that he don't, the way he carries himself and the way he has like even just managed our conversation. I never would have guessed he was 25. And so like, that's how we grow community. And that's it. Like, that's kind of what our town has been built on. And that's what uh, Earn Your Leisure has been built on as well. Ian, did you want to add to that? Uh, same thing Troy said, um, focus on the one thing that you can do in the world that nobody else can. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of things that you can focus on. Social media, advertising, PR, 
But once you have your one gift that no one else in the marketplace can do, that's the biggest moat that you can have. Focusing on that laser, focusing on that. We call that coming away. at our firm. We call that your earned secret. It's a mm. secret that you have earned through your experience, through your, um, you know, the work you've done, the jobs you've had, the family you have, where you're from. There are these little insights, right? These little things that only you know because of the combination of your experiences that can help kind of propel you. And we talk about that a lot as for founders. We talk about that as investors. What is your mm-hmm. earned secret? I love, I love that. that. Love that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to get a Next few more question questions. question comes from Anita. Anita, unmute yourself, please. Hi, thank you guys for taking my call. Um, when you when we're looking at a company balance sheet, what's the good what's the good percentage of debt versus income to determine if a company is really solid? I can't legally answer that question for you. Ian, 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 you want to answer that from a stock market from a stock perspective? I cannot legally answer that question. <laughs> In your humble opinion. Um. I will say if I'm investing in the company publicly, I don't like them to have, and I know I'm not trying to escape the answer. I don't like them to have a ton of debt if they don't have high revenue prospects in the future, because like if you take a company like Rivian or any company in that class, when people are saying that that company is gonna eventually outpace Tesla or any competitor in their class, the debt, even in right now in this market, let's take Austin. Right. Remember when everyone was saying last year, that is good. There's nothing wrong with that. Now the loans are being called. I'm always thinking of the disaster moment of when those loans have to come in. So for me, I wish I can give a more specific answer. I can't. I wish I can give a blanket ratio. But if a company has a ton of debt and the revenue isn't high, I try to stay away from it. And And personally, I only think there may be 14 to 15 good companies right now to invest in the public markets. Total. Most of them have too much debt to even be worthwhile. And I'll add that there's there's good debt and there's bad debt. Debt's not a bad yeah. thing from a, a company perspective. Um, but when the other thing to think about when you're an investor is the capital stack. So debtors get their money first, right? And so investors are always really, really thoughtful um, about how much debt a company does have. Um, so that's the other thing that that I would add is thinking about the capital stack. Yeah, Thank you. I, I think I think that even when you look at companies like Netflix, who has a lot of debt, um, you know, it's problematic. And whenever no you problem. have thin prof, whenever you have thin profit margins, it's problematic. When you look at companies like Apple, who have no debt, even Facebook, like those are that's good, right? Earn your leisure, no debt. So. Red so, Panda, no debt, you know, yeah, <laughs> very important. But, yeah. um, you know, th- these are things that it's just common sense, right? You want to have, you never want to have a high level of debt because that's going to put you under tremendous financial pressure mm-hmm. and it doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room because there's always going to be issues. There's going to be downtimes. There's going to be, you know, supply chain issues. And like Apple can withstand anything. They're like, they're like an army. Like, you know what I mean? Like they have no debt. And they have the biggest war chest in, in world history as far mm-hmm. as for companies. So even if everything fell apart today, 
they're still going to be good. It's like a regular person, like a regular person that has a million dollars and no debt. If they lost everything, they're still going to be good for a while. Yeah. But if a regular person is making a million dollars and they're spending $900,000, then they're running on thin margins. And if they lose their job now, they only got a couple of months before they got to kind of figure something out. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like companies are the same way. So whenever you're looking at a company, as little to no debt is always beneficial and um, once again, using the Apple analogy, they're probably the best ones for that, where they have money saved, they have no debt. That's what we tell people, right? Like Fairly put the that, money yeah. aside, invest your money, have the emergency fund, pay off your credit cards every month. Don't have the debt. So, yeah. and it's uh, I think, it we've done about- it before. We've done it before, and, and maybe we'll do it again probably next week. But you could actually see the amount of debt a company has. Like these, this is public information. You can see it. You can see the the PE ratio. You can see all these things. And you can make a decision. I think what Ian said probably is the easiest thing. It's like, well, how much debt do they have prospects of having income to offset it? Right. There could be good debt, but having none is probably the best. So, I mean, we'll probably, maybe we'll do that. We'll, we'll go, I'll go over that and show you how you can look at PE ratios and all that. Yeah, I, think like I think that's cool. And I was going to add that I, you brought up a great point um, around, uh, having a little versus a lot of debt in the, the company example you use is really important because when you think about like what debt, you have to think about why people get debt, right? It's because they need money for something. Um, and the companies that are using debt smartly, right? There's good debt and bad debt. The companies that are using debt in a smart way, it's because it's cheaper than equity. Mm-hmm. That's why, because you would either take debt to kind of fulfill some whatever need you have for the moment. Maybe it's like it's getting... Um, re-upping on your stock, you know, of, of your whatever e-commerce thing you have, of your widget. It's, it's for some specific business need that you know you have the revenue that's going to come in to cover that debt because you just have to pay like whatever, you know, small percentage of interest on it versus if you need yeah. money and you take equity or you sell your equity in the company, that's potentially way more valuable and a bigger cost to you than taking a, a temporary debt. And so companies can use debt in really in smart ways, which is what a larger a lot of the larger companies do. Can you give an example for maybe companies in the portfolio of Andreessen Horowitz and how they did that, or are you not able to touch on it? I am not allowed to cherry pick companies to talk about. I understand. Oh, listen, I'm keeping the SEC off of me, y'all. Not I do not blame you. I, listen, <laughs> oh, no, no alphabet protect you. boys. No, let, yeah. we don't allow any alphabet. We're here protection. <laughs> FBI, DEA, SEC, all none of them. Yeah. Uh, let's get. One <laughs> but more also, the, the Andreessen portfolio, Andreessen Horowitz portfolio, was available for anybody to look at online. Um, so if you want to go to a16z.com, it's all there. Also, you can see all the jobs at our portfolio companies on our website as well. So important. Andreessen Horowitz. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Andreessen. Yes. Um. So Ben Horowitz. Yeah. Is, yes. Is the founder right? One of two founders. So Mark Andreessen, the founder of Netscape, is one of the founders. And then Ben. And Ben Harwood. Ben Harwood is the one that got Nas into into this whole thing. Because apparently he's a big um, Nas fan. Huge. He's a hip-hop guy. Well, He's a hip-hop guy. Him and Nas are are really close friends. So Illmatic, I understand, is like one of his favorite albums. Smart man. He, you know, he just liked Nas and uh, Steve Stout told us this. Yeah. And um, took a yeah, like. We love him. Steve Stout, close friend of the firm. Yep. Steve Stout knows the right people. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I say that to say 
you see Nas with all of these, you know, deals and all of this stuff, but it's all about who you know. Yeah. And yeah. interestingly enough, we were watching the NBA finals and um, it was Steve Stout yes. and Jay-Z. And, then, and yeah. I, I was with somebody and they were like, yo, who's the guy? I'm like, that's Ben Hor-. They're like, who? I'm like, no, it's Ben Hor-. <laughs> Like they didn't know who he was. I'm like, no, th- okay. There's a reason they're sitting next to him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ben Hor- he has one of like last year. I had like my top five books. Uh, it was uh, what you do with who you are. Yes, what, what you, you do you with do. who you are. Yeah, uh, was, was one of my favorite books last year. So if you don't know who Ben Horace is, Google. Please <laughs> go get his. Please books go Google and go read who everything he is and all he's done. And yeah, I mean, Megan, you gave a book, but yeah, I just wanted to add that to the book list as well. That's that's a great book. I, I yeah. love that so much. And one actually one of my favorite things about Ben is like, and this is like true in the tech world in general, right? Like we have our tech world legends, right? And nobody would know who they are elsewhere in the world, right? They could be walking up and down the street and have, have no idea. And that's one of my favorite things about, um, you know, just Ben and so many of the other leaders is that they, they help a lot of people and they advise a lot of people um, with no with and they don't want anyone to know um and so i really appreciate that level of um like giving and support uh without needing the shine and i think that's what we do a lot at the firm um and it's actually my preference around how we how we move is that it's not about the glory it's about getting the work done we'll do one more yeah let's do one more before before we all right jay we are coming to you Good evening, everyone. Happy Glorious Monday. Thanks Ooh, for coming. Happy How are you? Glorious Monday, Jay. Yes, yes. Shout out to the Black Queens. Shout out to the Philly Johns. He's from Philly. Philly. <laughs> Shout out to Janet. Shout out to Magda. Philly meetup was uh was epic. Uh, but no, shout out to the Queens. This this topic was definitely great and needed to be heard. Um, you guys definitely lead the charge and moving the culture forward. Um, sorry, my topic or my question is actually off topic. I had submitted my question before the flyer was posted, but it does have to do. No, nope, cut them off. Clock out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, so in terms of relationships, you know, you guys have been flirting with the idea of the whole uh, relationship things lately. Um, but I haven't heard this personally uh, asked yet on EYL. So in terms of being in a relationship, what should a conversation look or sound like when it comes to sound investments when you're in a serious relationship but not yet married yeah you know you know i used to be a financial advisor before i did wow. this so that was that was a conversation i used to have with clients that would come in that was single or they were engaged or they were married and finances is a, is a big taboo topic a lot of times yeah. people are kind of like you know they don't want to say like how much money they make to their spouse or they don't want to say what their investments are so i think it's extremely important to have um I'm speaking like I'm actually in a relationship, but <laughs> the relationship counselor who's not in a relationship. Uh, so I think, it's ex- left the I, think it's extreme- <laughs> I think it's extremely important to have that conversation early. Right. Like as far as to say, you know, um, you know, just, you know, you don't got to get like real too complex with it. But it's like, um, you know, do you invest? Are you interested in investments? Like what are you invested in? What's your long term strategy? Like, you know, how do you what's your, what's your thoughts on money? What's your thoughts on it? Like, you know, if people get married, do you think that a person should have one bank account for a family mm-hmm. or two bank accounts? Like get those questions out the way early, because mm-hmm. if not, it can cause issues later on. And even if you don't agree, you can have some level of understanding. 
where as opposed to yeah. now you're already in a relationship for five years and you just found out that the person wants to have a joint bank account. And that's like something that you definitely don't want to do mm-hmm. now is kind of it's, it's issue. So I think that that's something that, you know, should be talked about and it's not talked about enough, especially in our community. Like, you know, finances is something that, you know, ends a lot of relationships. So having an understanding mm-hmm. of where somebody is, having an understanding of where they're looking to be and planning together is, is, is important as well, right? Like going to a financial advisor together as a, as a unit to say, okay, this is our goals. This is my individual portfolio. This is his individual portfolio, but this is what we want to do. We want to have a kid. We want to plan for the future. We want to retire. What are some things? And I think that's kind of like, you know, a group therapy session where you can actually sit down together and have a conversation with both, both parties there. So yeah. I think, um, you know, the relationship show is definitely coming. Don't worry. EYL, earn your love. Try mark that. Oh, it's already done. Oh, come so, on. We don't play. Yeah, we don't play. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be big. It's gonna oh, be yeah, big. we don't play. Big, we don't play. Big, big. Um, so so yeah, that would be my advice for the relationships. But once again, I'm not the relationship expert because I'm not in a relationship, but Megan, Troy. Yeah, and I'm trying I think to everything you said was you, like you pretty. I, I think these things can develop over the time of a relationship. When I was dating my wife, we didn't obviously we didn't we had conversations, um, yeah. but the communication that we had with around money, it was almost like a trusting, like she trusted my vision. I trusted her understanding of it as we developed into a marriage. Um, obviously we, we had conversations about having an account. She saw my interest in money um, and it encouraged her uh, and vice versa. And then obviously when I started investing, she would just trusted everything I was doing. So it was like, I felt like securing it. Cause I'm like, all right, if she trusts me, I'm going to make sure we make the right decisions for our family. And then yeah. at a certain point, she was sawing that my love for it and said, look, I want to have my own brokerage account. And so that encouraged me to now teach her about investing. Oh, what's going on, Xander? <laughs> that, that encouraged me to teach her. And now she has her own brokerage account. And now we get to learn together. So it's about communication and not saying that we're going to have everything at once. Like, hey, we're about to be engaged. Let's get a bank account together. Let's have a joint account. I know that's one of the conversations we even had earlier in our my financial planning journey was like, are you going to think about this at some point? And I'm like, yeah, rather than say, honey, can I borrow this? Or honey, can I borrow? Let's just create a lump sum that if we ever need to pull from, we have it. Um, and so it, these things can be developed over a course of relationship and obviously over the course of marriage, but having communication about it is vitally important. Is he, I, I agree that communication point is so important. I've, I've been married for nine years now. Uh, hey. um, and it's so funny because I work in finance and my husband is a therapist. He's specifically a mm. marriage and family therapist. So kind of what you, when you talk about relationship money, I'm like, that's a common conversation in my house. Um, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about having a conversation. But the other thing that I think people don't account for is that feelings change, right? Maybe you're a, a big spender, early in the relationship and you become a saver you're a saver and you're like dang i've been saving for so long i never treat myself and then you become a spender right so the communication is 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 the the biggest part there's no other way around it there's no way around it yeah it's going to be it's going to be tough to explain those withdrawals <laughs> i appreciate that i'm with you really? i'm glad i chose this episode i i never ask questions like this this is my first time on live so i appreciate getting both perspectives and uh yeah thanks for choosing my call Oh, wait, 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 wait. He, he ain't about to go. And he just drank his smoothie. So let's go. <laughs> um, Ian, what's in the smoothie? Uh, Zen juice. Zen juice. Text me the recipe. Hello. I got you. 
Um, <laughs> I, I think a couple should have conversations around investing money, finance as a litmus test to see if you're on the same page. So if you're speaking like the same financial love language and to make sure like your financial thermostat is set at the same place, but co-mingling funds when you're not married, getting a house when you're not married, buying cars together when you're not married, one of the biggest liabilities you can have, one of the biggest mistakes you can make. So have those conversations. But if you begin investing, go talk to any financial advisor or divorce attorney and, and ask them, hey, should I put funds together before we're going to get married? They all will tell you no. It's a horror story. And I, I know some of you in the comments are going to be like, yo, you saying that because you jaded. I'm not jaded. I'm good. I didn't do that. So that wasn't my story. But for the friends that I know that have, it's let, yes, baby, you can have that. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I love you. Um, it's led to disaster until you are technically one unit and someone being wifey does not count. <laughs> That's been bad for nine years. You're my wifey. So wifey's not a wife? No. Wifey's a title that men give to women that they don't want to go elsewhere. Earn your, earn your love. This feels like a good, um, this feels like a good Instagram $500 date question. Like, should you or should you not get a bank account with oh, your boyfriend? Why are you doing that to us? Saying, <laughs> we should put it on Instagram and we should get votes. Mike, put this up. You're trying to bring back, you're trying to bring back bad memories. <laughs> it was good content. It was great content. It invoked emotion. Rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. Uh, that was an excellent the uh, response yeah. clip. Yeah, yeah the it Godfather. invoked emotions. And people that I didn't think it would invoke emotions in, so. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You never you know. know. You never know, know what the spark is. You never know. You never know. We got to have uh, Megan at Invest Fest. Yes. Well, you said what? We got to have you at Invest Fest. Come on. Everybody, everybody's going to be there. It's literally the Coachella. When we say the Coachella. We got to have it, I'm very, be- I'm very excited. First of all, I, kudos to y'all. Are you, are you kidding me? To be able to put on something like this in the city of Atlanta for our people. I'm just, ooh, I'm fire in the chat for that one. Crazy yeah. proud. Crazy proud. Like, slow, slow clap. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm just so pleased to just continue to partner with y'all any way I can help. Like, you are, I, it's done. It's nothing. Um, I can, I'm, I will make it happen. I'm so, so proud to, to know you, you all. Elizabeth, you heard that? Let's thank make it happen. You, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Um, before, before you leave, uh, talk about the CLF fund, if you, if you would like, as far as you like, is it, is the fund closed? Um, what is, what's the overall vision going forward with the fund? And um, yeah, anything you want to say about the fund? Yep. So CLF Fund 3 is closed. Um, we closed it earlier this year. I was on a, um, I was very committed to getting it closed before I had my baby. So that's the other balance between mom life and fundraising um, was I got to close this fund uh, before I had my baby because I didn't want to leave it undone. So, so, so that's done. Um, but I think one of the most exciting things, and I'm so glad the, the first person, um, the third, ask this question is that we've got a lot of space and opportunity for that second mission of getting more African-Americans in tech. Um, so if there are organizations out there, if you're a, a nonprofit that's working towards getting more of our people in tech, if you're um, a professional that wants to break into tech, right? Maybe you work at, you know, a not, for example, we had somebody who was in marketing at Target. Target is not historically a tech company, but that marketing skill could very easily be translated into an early stage tech company 
where somebody could, you know, tap into that early employee equity, et cetera. So if you're a professional and you want to get into tech, like tap in with us. If you're an organization that works to get more people into tech, tap in with us. We're constantly kind of um, uh, giving out grant money in that space. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I, I want people to get involved in. But as far as the fund, um, you'll continue to see us, you know, bringing in these cultural leaders. If you know folks who are changing and shifting culture, let us know. We'd, we'd love to see if, if they might be able to be a part of the next fund, um, fund four. Uh, but other than that, we'll just kind of keep pushing and, and bringing people in and expanding opportunity. That's what it's all about. And when it comes to like generational wealth, we hear that phrase a lot, right? Building generational wealth. But like, what is the practical way that people are actually achieving it? How are we actually, are we actually doing anything? Like, that's the goal. At the end of the day, I want to see people build generational wealth through technology. There you have it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank All you. Right, Let's definitely stay in touch. And um, keep up the great work. Um, you guys are killing it. Um, and yeah, keep inspiring, keep educating. It's very important. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at InvestFest for sure. Uh, Listen, I'm out yes. here doing what I can. I'm just trying to make my mama proud. That's all I'm trying to do. So, <laughs> yes. you make thank them, you guys yeah. so much. Your mom and Alabama me. proud. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you. We'll hey, let Megan, you get back to mom, mom duties. Will do right there. I'm on my way. <laughs> Claps in the chat for Megan, y'all. Yes, that was incredible. Thank you. Right, thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. She was amazing. Yes. Great guest, guys. Yeah, she's incredible. Yes. For those of you don't know, Andreessen Horror, this is like universal music. Like anything you can go Google on Mark Andreessen and Bear Horowitz on YouTube, please go watch it. Two of the yeah. best entrepreneurs and, and capitalists ever 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 so amazing <laughs> yeah shout out to megan um shout out to market mondays uh we got some big stuff planned for market mondays mm. can't announce it yet but um Can we, oh, why do you do this to the people <sighs> we gave them something pa tonight pa yeah? paperwork is done um <laughs> we will be ending the year with a bang. we will be ending the year with a bang we'll be ending the year with a bang market mondays um, Market Mondays in Rhode Island. In Rhode <laughs> Island, yes. The cat's out the Get bag. Your tickets. Oh, <laughs> get it. You couldn't keep it a secret. The cat's out the bag. <laughs> yes. Um, no, no, no. But just stay tuned. Stay tuned. We definitely. Um, this is this. I mean, I, monumental. It's the never deliver strategy. I know you always. People always. You probably get tired of me saying this, but I always deliver. Like it's always something that's bigger that's than big. the last thing. And it's like this. This is this is gonna be the big one. I know everybody's always like, "Yeah, you always say that all the time," but this is gonna be the biggest one. Historic, very historic, yeah. extremely historic. Yeah, For sure. Both. Yeah, I'm talking about Market Mondays. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Ashley, I need my pyro. Invest, invest. Yeah. Ashley, actually, yesterday, she said she I emailed you. you. I'm gonna call you if I gotta pay for the insurance. Cool. I want to come down like Sting, pyro for nine minutes. Let's go crazy. Tyler Perry oh, coming. I gotta put on the show. Come oh, on, yeah. Invest Fest. If you if you just joined us, um, <laughs> the icon Tyler Perry will be in the building. A live conversation with Earn Your Leisure. Um, one night, one night only. Uh, this will never. If you if you're there, take a picture because it will. You'll, it'll never happen again. Yeah, you'll never see him again. 
Perhaps. Have you ever seen him? He's what like if he a wants ghost. to come again next year? I don't know. I'm just saying, as far as you know, <laughs> sometimes in life it's just take Lots a picture. A it's called take a picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's gonna be monumental. It is. It is. It's called take a picture. Yeah. Tyler Perry will be in the building, and uh, Steve Harvey will be in the building. Yes, and Ian will be in the building, and I, yes. I forgot the ladies. So, can we confirm? Can we say the the, the ladies' name? That Please do. We 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 can say Milano will be in the building. Milano will be in the building. We can say Bajanita will be in the building. Yes. Yay. Kiana Watson. Kiana Watson. The BYL Network's own Kiana Watson will be in the building. Uh, Bajanita will be, like I said, uh, Aisha Sheldon will Aisha, be there. Who's Aisha Sheldon. Oh, my God. Oh, she going to be there? Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she wanted the ones. Student loan doctor. Yes, she will be in the building. I think Ms. I said Jitali on the list too. Jitali, I'm getting there, Janet. I'm oh, getting, I'm getting there, Miss Miss Business, our CPA, who <laughs> is incredible. Shout out to her, uh, and of course, I mean the fam, the EYL fam. Jitali Bellatine will be Amazing. there. We spoke to her yesterday. The conversation was incredible. Um, she's going to be. I mean, she's doing amazing things in the crypto space, but she's doing some other things for us as well. So that that's the fam. Anthony O'Neill, forgot about him. Yeah, he'll be there. Legend. He'll be there. A bit boy, bit boy crypto. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Market Monday's alumni. Yeah, Brian. Oh, yeah. Bit boy will be there. Passing on that 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 connection. Yeah, of course. He that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah Caleb Silver. Silver. Another Maybe. another Market Monday's alumni. Caleb, Caleb Silver. Silver will be there. Investor Peter Josh will be Brown. There. How can I forget Josh Brown? Shout out to my dog. Boy. Josh Brown will be in the building. Yeah, yeah. CNBC. Um, this is how we coming. Steve Harvey, Rick Ross, Charlemagne the God, Earn Your Leisure, Wall Street Trapper, 19 Keys, Ian Dunlap, Dan Cathy, Him 500, Milano, Dame Dash. MG the Mortgage Dash. MG the Mortgage Guy. Dame Dash. Broke that today. That happened. Y'all watch that live. Shout out to Dame. Yeah. yeah. T.I. T.I.P. My brother. Shout out to T.I. DJ Envy. Yes. Caesar. Will be in the building. That's a fact. Mm. Um, the Jamel man King. with a thousand doors. Jamel King. Nine to five million. Nine my, what? Yeah. That's a legendary lineup. Musical performance. Hey, Ian, here's the here's the craziest part. We're not done yet. Janet mm -hmm. will be in the building. <laughs> Janet. Yes. I will be in the building. Janet we're not done. Oh, man. We're not done. David Shans. Ash Cash. The whole network going to be there. It's a fact. The earners will be in the building. I can't wait to see the earners. It's oh yeah. Trip report. I will be. I will be in my. Listen, what are we doing? Oh yeah, we, we just had a meeting I, this week. I, I had a meeting with my stylist yeah, Friday. Yeah, I have mine today. I will be in full regalia. Yo, Boy. here's a crazy part. I let them in. Let's see. I I had a design, and he was like, "Nashai's doing this." I said, "No, he's not." He said, "He's doing this." First to market. I said, all right, switch the fabric. I said, switch the fabric. The fabric. Do <laughs> you guys be wearing sneakers or? Oh, uh, you never know. You never know. You know, I'm going to come know. with something clean. You know, that that's yeah. a fact. That's a fact. Some clean <laughs> and some that you probably never seen before. I like being first to market when it comes to these kicks. We're like vanity fair, about cover. Yo, cover. Yo, shout out to Cool Kai. He, he, oh, yeah. Shout yeah, out to yeah, Kai. Absolutely. Black owned, black owned sneaker designer. Uh, He sent us um some kicks. Fire. Really dope. Fire. Really, really dope. Shout out to Kai. Yeah. Black on doing his thing and uh killing the game right now. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh drip res drip responsibly at all times. Please, especially for VIP night. Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to put out a disclaimer. I don't know if you know Terrence J, if you've ever like <laughs> been in his vibe. 
Terrence J is coordinating VIP night for us. Legend. Wait, so what's the dress code? Like fly. Fly. Yeah. Fly. Amazing. Yeah. Grammys. That's the only requirement. Come just be fly. Yeah. In your own way. Like your fly might be different from somebody else's, which is cool. It adds to the ambiance. The only requirement to go outside and to go outside is to be fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should never go outside if you're not dripped responsible. You never know who's gonna see you for the first time. Or the last time. That's a fact. How they gonna remember you? What, what Fab say? I dress like I'm gonna run into my ex. Boy, <laughs> shout out to my Very exes. Important. You won't be there with me this year. <laughs> I dress like I'm gonna run into my ex. If you follow that rule, you'll go far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good seeing you too. How you been? <laughs> oh my shout out to Jose. Jose the credit duel will be in the building. He in the chat. They say you in the chat right now. Yes, Jose the credit duel. One of the most amazing he's human amazing. beings. One of my favorite people. Yeah. One of my favorite people in life. Absolutely. Um, and he's one of the most knowledgeable people in life. We gotta get him one on this show one time just to talk about absolutely because he's so he's so incredible. He's so smart. We got a guest next week. Huh? Oh, we, we got we, a guest next week. Uh, I'm gonna put something in the chat after this. It might be okay. called palm trees. <laughs> it might be palm trees. It's called oh, on site location. It might, yeah, it might be on site. So. Hey, let me know because I was gonna go to Puerto Rico. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're Audrey Nobly, real quick. Xander, we ain't going to Puerto Rico Thursday. What? I'll put you back a couple days. <laughs> Unless we go to Puerto Rico. Hey, man. Hey, hey. And family and friends, we got 50 slots to open up for women only for Ian's yacht extravaganza. <laughs> Please do not miss that. I saw that. Only women, please, please, please. <laughs> I ain't taking pictures with no. She Shout out to Michael Jordan, but 50, only, 50 only slots only. Only for women. This will be a legendary boat experience. I, yo, I looked at it. This this is gonna Look, be a situation. This, this, this is gonna be a situation, my brother. We, this is what we're doing because I had the I had the, uh, a situation. I don't, I don't even know if I told you yet. We're gonna be in. We got a shout out to American Life Insurance. Yes, yes. We got booked for for a show in Milwaukee. That day, so I told Abdullah, like, "Yo, we gotta, we have to be in Miami. It's not negotiable." That's why I asked you what time. Your oh, it's over with. Oh, all the slots gone. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that fast. The Ernie Leisure family will be there. So, Shout so that's why I asked you what. That's why I asked you what time it starts. So we literally yeah. we got the thing in Milwaukee in the morning, and then we're gonna catch a a plane. I think it's a connecting flight. Yeah. We will be in Miami at wow. seven o'clock. We will we will go straight to the boat. Straight to it. Straight to the boat. January, everybody coming. Kiana cursed me out earlier. Your invite is coming. I love you. Y'all family. But I'll put y'all in the 50 with them, but yeah, personal invite's coming. We're going to yeah. go straight to the boat. We're going to party all night. We might Back on the we might, we might be at an after-hour spot after. Yeah. Uh, we we will be. Booby trap on booby trap after dark. Booby <laughs> trap on the river, perhaps. <laughs> thoughts, the thoughts and comments expressed and, by Rashad Bilal her, is then, his and, and then, his only. And then we're going to fly to New York. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back in, in New the York. morning That's for DJ Envy and Caesar's seminar. Okay. So we're going to yeah. be in three cities and one day. One day. Legend, legendary. Y'all connecting and connecting. Fight for me. I appreciate that. That's tough. Had to do it, that's man. tough. Yo, I appreciate that. You know, that's a deal breaker. Had to do it. But we said no, for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very important. Uh, 40th birthday, gotta be there. I mean, we 82, it. man. You was there at mine. I got you, baby. That's how we do it. It's a blast. The June, you coming. I got you. I love you. You in a 50 pack, too. So 50 pack. Oh, Terrence Jason, he bringing a 10 pack. 10 that's standard. 
I digress. Terrence five top ten all time snipers. He's up there. He's up there. We yep. gotta get Frenchie on this. French Montana. They had the ten snipers. Boy, did you read, did you see him? The ten snipe commandments. I know French. French shot the video in Dykeman. I know he had he so he had to see our van when he was shooting a jump shot. Shout out to Dykeman. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. After party. The after party at Josephine Lounge on Saturday will be legendary. Boy, boy, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those weekends. Yeah, yeah. I love y'all. Yeah. Shout out to, shout out to Josephine. Be mindful. Yeah. Just, just I just encourage get there early. I just encourage everybody to be mindful. Yeah, and get there early, please. Yeah, and bring all investors babies from last year, so I can give them hugs. Uh, and donations. Yes, if they in a stroller, they invest as babies. So I will take absolutely, the absolutely. Stim- absolutely stimulus checks. Yeah. Invest fest is for hours <laughs> ten o'clock, <laughs> ten o'clock in the morning to yeah. seven o'clock at night every day for general admission. It's a little confusing on the website. Somebody had asked, but it starts at ten o'clock in the morning. So yeah. get there early. Get there at nine o'clock. Yeah. So then you figured like ten thousand people trying to re- get their lanyards. Get there early, please. Bring right. your lunch. Food trucks, it will be a lot of food trucks, but it won't be enough. And the, there will be a line. Yeah, we got a, a confirmation coming about a food truck too. Food trucks. Yeah. Get there early. My line gonna be stupid like it was last year. Fender Fender after, yeah. Fender booth sold out. Sold out the Fender booth. Gone. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are asking, uh, they don't see it on the site. That's cause it's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to all the vendors that'll be in the building that took action. They didn't wait, they didn't hesitate. They, they jumped on it. And shout out to in your financial planning call. Somebody was like kind of on the fence, and then we had a caller call in and said, "Look, it was it was worth every every dollar that I spent because I made it within the first day, and we still had two more to go." Catch so, me, at, catch me at the merch table. I will be, be at there. yeah, we're gonna red, I'll be at the Red Panda merch table, and I will be at the EYL merch table. Yeah, I'll be over there yes. too. Yeah, bam! I need order. We gotta get them shirt, them Egyptian cotton. <laughs> bam! Went crazy on the new. I'm like, boy, this feel like Gucci. Really great quality, so, boy. And I'm not just saying it because I'm here. Boy, soft. Fellas, like, get a shirt. Asses of a liabilities. Put your lady in it at night. She's like, oh, this feels so good. I love you. Oh, the yeah. women. That's the one women, of them vibes. The women merch is going crazy. The, all, the, oh, the crop top hoodies and the, the tank tops. Oh, yeah. The crop yeah, top yeah. hoodies go crazy. Women's merch. Huh. Boy. Yeah, it's looking good. Workout. I see, I see them working out in it. It's dope, man. I love it. It's encouraging yeah. fitness. Yes. Oh, what y'all want? Red Panda jerseys? What we doing? What up? I seen you in that yoga pose yesterday, Smith Dog. (laughs) Shout out to Smith. Love you, my guy. Look, it's been real. Um, Rio, Fernand, 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 Fernand. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, shout out to the UK. Shout out to Manchester United. Yeah. Very important. Shout out to all the football players out there. Football with a U, which we call soccer in America. International. Global vibes. Um, we love you guys. Stay encouraged. Shout out to Ladoon. He dude told me. He told me That's he told my me dog. He told me yeah. he spoke to you. Uh, shout out to Ladoon, man. Good dude. I was with him yesterday. Yeah. Good brother. Shout out to the tube. They told me to drink my gold water. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Keys, what Thanks. else? Shout out to 19 Keys. Uh, Ally? Yeah, folks. Uh, we want to let you know about a great, a great, not just a good, a great choice for you if you're looking to bank or invest. Ally is a leading digital financial service company with passionate customer service and is relentlessly focused on doing it right for both customers and communities. Ally is giving our Market Monday viewers, that means every one of you listening right now, a special offer on ally.com slash EYL 
so that you can save, invest, and spend on the things that matter most to you. Again, that's ally.com slash EYL. For everything we need, we're all better off with an ally. Securities products and services are offered through Ally Invest Securities LLC, member F-I-N-R-A slash S-I-P-C. Shout out to the good folks at Ally. Ally, let me get a blazer. A small Shout out to LeBron. <laughs> Who, who did, apparently he did not speak to Russell Westbrook. Why are you shouting him out for that, man? His teammate. No, I'm just saying that's Come just on, man. awkward. That's I tell you awkward type of teammate moment. he is, right? That's an awkward moment. <laughs> that's an awkward moment. Um, shout out to Russell Westbrook too, though. Russell Westbrook was my one of my favorite yeah, players. Yeah, that's um, a real one, man. But that's that's an awkward moment. I, I mean, it's awkward. They were on different sides of the court. <clears throat> uh, shout out Kyrie. Shout out to Kyrie. Boy, LA, LA, big city of dreams. Boy, <laughs> LA. Let's make this happen. We got to see Kyrie and LeBron re- reunited. It's extremely important. I could have broke the internet in Vegas. I kept my promise. I wasn't going to say nothing. Boy. Boy. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You heard it there. That? Ian Winhorse. Wait, <laughs> Ian Winhorse. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> my name is my name. Oh, uh, Kevin, hey. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's kind of dis- that disturbing, right? Very disturbing. Yeah. Why? Very. Dis- well, you would think if if he wants to be traded, they're gonna figure out a way to well, make him well, part put him of, on a team. Part of the like, reason is that a no team, they, he doesn't want to go to just any team. Exactly. So it's not really a lot of teams that he can go to. That have the things that the other team is. Is Kevin to take Durant's back. legacy tarnished if he goes to Golden State? Yeah. Perkins said it is. I I don't think so, but. The interwebs will say yes. I think Kevin Durant probably is one of the top five players of this generation, hands down. If he just one on one of this uh, generation, any any generation, he, no, he top he top three of this generation, top two of this generation. Beast. But but some if, players if goes- just want to play. And, and let's be honest, we talked about it with OKC. I shout out to everybody OKC. I don't want to ruin any relationships. If I was managing Oklahoma City and I had Harden, Durant, and Westbrook, and they all left. You would say I was a failed GM. True. You wouldn't say yeah. that the players left, right? So maybe Brooklyn mismanaged what they had there. Are you are you thinking it's the management? Of listen, when it's black athletes or black talent, it's always the talent or the players. Well, Sam Presti in OKC actually brought them back to the playoffs with Chris Paul, which was pretty incredible. And they got a good young team now. He's not gonna have three Hall of Famers. So imagine if I had. Elon, Zuckerberg, they botched it. They, they, they definitely and, botched it. And Gates in one company, and then I left them. They, go. Made, they made a poor decision. They could have gave, they could have extended Harden five more million, but they decided to use it for a it, it was a bad decision. Serge Ibaka. <laughs> yeah. They extended him and didn't give Harden obviously the, the five million that he could have. NBA money's off. Of, the, NBA money's off the chain, man. Boy, Listen, million. When I saw Joker get what he get, I'm like, what is this for? He was doing the um, he was doing the drill dance. Oh, he's outside. Hey, in Serbia, he's he was outside. doing the Brooklyn drill dance. That's yeah. where it started at. <laughs> Luca gonna be a problem this year. You see, Luca is a problem. In shape. Yeah, he lost. He lost about fifteen. The boy got in shape. Yeah, he lost about Luca's 15. a problem every year. Somebody said, Jalen, what do you think about that? What do you think about how Luca getting in shape? <laughs> he needs to be on Jalen Rose's sports show or something, man. Shout out to Jalen. Um, Shout out to Detroit. What up, though? Because, yeah, though? It's, 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 it's important and, yeah. it's, and it's needed. We back in the parking lot again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, got, we should do a, a whole show, show from the parking lot. We should do a sports show. From the parking lot. Y'all argue too much, though. 
Is that's, that's good TV. N- Notre Dame yeah. is joining the Big Ten this year. I heard. That's not what the, they did. They still independent the, though. Yeah. They still independent. Yeah. yeah. That was classic episode. That was a classic episode. Shout out to Notre Dame. But now they got USC joining the Big Ten. Like, what That's the hell is that? stupid. This whole college thing is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, how thing. is Southern California going to be the Big Ten? It's all about money. It's all about money. It's a, it's a joke. <sighs> all right, guys. Text this number, 516-217-2291. Please only text if you're serious. I understand that it's been all kinds of spam that has come through that number. It's <laughs> don't really text. Recklessness, man. Just complete. I, obviously, a thousand... $1,000 is not going to get it done. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, that's not going to happen. So please, that is for if you want to take a private plane with me, Troy, and Matt to InvestFest and pretty much shadow us for the whole week, weekend, and be everywhere that we're at, backstage, meeting people. That's going to be crazy. That's crazy. That's actually ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, serious, serious question. How much do you think that that's worth? 50 piece easy. 50 piece. Him five hundred did it, and he got a hundred thousand off. I don't be if people if people can just be in our group chat. There's at least four or five million dollars worth of ideas and strategy, and that that alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it's awkward? Do you guys ever think about that? Like, what if the person's like, if, if the person's weird? As long as the check clears, I guess. Well, we <laughs> nah, man, we we good, man. We. We're friendly people. Yeah, it can always be worse. Every if you notice anybody that's ever been interviewed by us or been on the platform, they stay around us because we just good people. We have fun. We know how oh, to you guys are good people. What if the person's oh, yeah. a little weird? You know, oh, it's like it's like the guy that paid. How much did he pay for e- Warren Buffett? Nineteen, I think. Nineteen yeah, million went up this year. Yeah. What if he was weird? last year's doing it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a short. It's a short plane ride. If you guys are going somewhere else, maybe. Warren Buffett, nineteen nineteen million dollars to have lunch. Warren's gonna retire in the next three years too. Yeah, I mean, heard it here first. Yeah, mm-hmm. ninety yeah. over ninety. So, yeah. well, if you guys need a bodyguard, I'm available. If you guys need a bodyguard, yeah. perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna send you the person to contact. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Um, all right, guys, it's been real. Uh, stay encouraged and uh, spread spread the good news. We will see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, stay safe, y'all. Night, guys. Love y'all. Stop clock call tomorrow, 9.30. Not tonight. Tomorrow. Love y'all. Try me tomorrow. All right, love. Safety first. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.